Everybody and welcome to episode 487 of Conversation Street. This is Michael and Gemma. Gemma is here as well for the last podcast recorded in our house. It is very exciting. We've got a move going up next week and the house is a tip. And we've got to make this a really quick, quick podcast, I think, because we've still got lots to do, haven't we? Yes, we do. Let's do. We're not doing a quiz today. Be quiet. We're not doing a quiz today because we don't have time, but we have got birthdays. Happy birthday to 12th of September, producer Steve Frost. Happy birthday, Steve Frost. 13th of September, director Alan Bromley and Eric Potts, who played Dirk. Diggory Compton. Oh, and he played that guy in court the other week that we saw in classic Coronation Street, didn't we? He was a, he was a foreman in court. So we're like, hang on, that's, that's... And it was, it was him. I think pretty much most of the actors we can have and miss <laughs> on the end. 14th of September, Frank Pemberton, who played Frank Barlow. Remember him? I do remember Frank one, Barlow. One Amanda Barry played Alma Halliwell. Remember her? Listen, yeah, fairly. Director Bob Hurd. 15th I've of September. I've not heard of him. I probably say that every year. You might not have heard of this person. Uh, Vicky Entwistle. Oh, Vicky Entwistle. Janice Battersby. Of course, I'm joking. She is very famous. Yes. Um, Ashley Middleton, who was Sophie Webster the first. 17th of September. Reginald Marsh, who played Dave Smith, who can forget. Oh, Dave Smith. Jack and the Driver. Sherry Houston, who played Maureen Webster. Charlie Lawson, who played Jim McDonald. And Kath Tilsley, who played Eva Price. And I This assume- is like... They're having a joint party. This is like the the big the biggest birthday week. And look, all these people born at the beginning of September, top of the year at school, and look how far they've come. Let that be a lesson to your wounds. <laughs> we didn't even say that this... Did we say this is episode of 487? I can't remember, but I certainly didn't say that we're talking about the episodes between the 6th and the 10th of September this week, which is 10,422 to 10,425. And thank goodness there are only four episodes of Coronation Street this week because it means that we could be shorter and quicker and get back on with our tidying or whatever we're going to do yes afterwards. we can so let's do that's street enough talk. waffling let's get on with it street talk time blimey Gemma blimey 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 that was a bit of a cliffhanger in tonight's episode wasn't it multiple cliffhangers uh, kind of what do you mean at the end well it was just it was a it was a fast series of scenes at the end it's like cliffhanger oh no they're going to show us what happens oh no ah mm. I'm left I'm left very confused about what to think about Imran at the moment after I welcomed Charlie Mello onto this podcast. Charlie Jim Mello just a few days ago, and he goes and stabs me in the back by getting into a car. Name wrong? What is wrong with you? Um, Is it because we're surrounded with rubbish? Charlie Mello is what I call him when I'm being casual with him because we're we're best friends now. I tell you what, he was today. What? Charlie stressed. Because that he, he wasn't it. mellow at all. <laughs> He's never heard that one before. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that they're doing that with him, with, with him and Sabine. I mean, I don't know he whether I can. Did not see this coming. We did. We said at the beginning, are they going to bring? Are they bringing Sabine back to have her um, cop off with him? Well, I will tell you what, it's still not. It certainly wasn't. It's toy. still not certain that that's definitely happened. But if they do, then tell you what, Ian McLeod, you come. Right off, and I am swearing, and I'm bleeping myself. I'm bleeping myself for the first time on a podcast. Thought I might as well because it's the last day on our um, last couple of days in our house. Just making more work for yourself. What the hell is wrong with you? We've got to do this quickly. Deserves it because you know what. 
Fizz and Tyrone, loved them, split. Jenny and Johnny, loved them, split. Custard, Imran, love it. Imran and Toya, split. It's almost like Ian McLeod and the storylines at Coronation Street. I'm looking at you, Joe Parkinson here. Looked at my list of favourite current Coronation Street couples and say, I know what we can do to get Michael's hackles really right. Uh, I'm going to go split them up. I'm in an affair with her. I'm going to have him get into a taxi with her. I'm going to have her stag Ronnie. Oh, what? I'm not going to, I haven't got time for a full on rant again. No, and like I say, it might not happen with Imran and Sabine, but I um, don't think he was going to get in the taxi with her just to give her keys back. All this effort, and they could have just done had a series of fancy dress parties and achieved the same result. What? What the hell are they doing that for? That's so stupid. It's I, never do you in remember? Life. Do you remember the days when we all we had to complain about about Coronation Street was the amount of fancy dress the characters were inexplicably wearing? Can I just say that COVID? It's got a lot to answer for, but the one thing it did do was bring a crushing halt to fancy dress parties on <laughs> Coronation Street because you can't have a socially dis- distance fancy dress party. But it hasn't stopped them from having cu- characters, beloved couples, copping off with other people left, right and centre, has it? Gross. Oh, I'm so, I am mad about this. Are you really mad? I'm quite mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. It's like, you know, I really, really love Jenny, but now I just think a little bit less of her after that with Ronnie. <gasps> I can't Ronnie. believe it. And I really love Tyrone. I thought Tyrone I a little bit less of him. And I'm worried I'm going to think a little bit less of Imran. And I love Imran. Do you know when we did the statistics about um, like pregnancies on Coronation Street and how often a pregnancy becomes... Uh, like is is turns into a baby and as we can't go full term, I wonder what the percentage of like couples cheating not splitting up because I, I obviously know, lot you know relationships, pretty bad odds a lot of them yeah but cheat breaking up because you cheated on each other how often does that happen yeah, I, don't, I mean it seems because like, they say like the um but, they say the divorce rate is like fifty percent don't they but mm. actually that's down to people that just love weddings <laughs> um, and it seems as though there are people that just get married and divorced married and divorced and they kind of tip the scales are they just like dirty dogs that tip the scales for for cheating I but but, the, but Coronation Street has modeled their idea of what a relationship is off of some like skewed statistics from Cosmo magazine or something <laughs> you might be onto something here I Gemma. might be that was just such a shame isn't it because Toya and Imran were such a nice lovely normal oh, I mean you're talking about them in the past tense here you, you're the one that's writing them off I think I, they can make it through I think I really hope they can I think that Imran's just going to go out of the taxi and he's going to give her give the taxi driver 100 quid and go drive as far away as you can and don't let <laughs> her out until you stop I hope so run, run the run the meter up send Adam Barlow the bill. Now listen, I know that I know that Charlie and Georgie will be listening to this at the moment and they've probably been laughing their little socks off. Maybe. And, uh, they know what's going to happen and we don't. Well, I know. And we and the thing they've been listening to me kind of um theorize about this and predict <laughs> and and we we talk fairly regularly to them, don't we? We have a little chat group and and they know. They know and they they've, they've kept it from me. Thank you for keeping it from me. Well, you know I don't thing. like a spoiler. We we yeah, they they know this. Oh. I remember when we went to Manchester last year and we were talking to them and this was when the fostering storyline was first starting out. And I remember Georgia saying something like, oh, I won't tell you because I know you don't like spoilers. <laughs> and we're like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, they've been... Um... And they're, they're, they're like at the end of October now or so, I think, when they're filming at the Spooky. moment. So all manner of things might have been happening on at the so moment. Excited. Oh, I've just gosh, got, I've I got want them to get back together, but they haven't even... Sp- I'm, 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 Listen, 
Oh, I, I get you're frustrated, being by things about, that I think are going to happen far say, too much. You're being like this about coronation shit, like I am about the house. I'm like, well, we're going to get COVID, <laughs> we're not going to be able to move, you've sent the money to the wrong place, the people buying the house are going to die, we're going to, the house is going to catch on fire, it's not going to happen, nothing's going to happen. And you're like, Imran and Toya are going <laughs> to break not, up. You're not seeing the Jenny's bigger picture gonna... here, Jammer. Imran and Toya. I've oh. got other things to be stressed about. Oh yeah, the, the, that, that the, the house money that was blowing me. I had to, I had to buy, I had to pay for the deposit. I had to go into my bank yesterday and pay for a ginormous amount of money to be transferred to my solicitors. And this was like half past four, and um, I, we didn't get confirmation until this morning that it had got there in time. So uh, we're a little bit on edge with that one, weren't we? But it has. And it was my deadline today, and I've been working really hard and tidying up the house. And then you come swan and home and start fannying around. Cory emojis and all this rubbish. I've not done any Cory emojis yet. I don't know when I'm going to do them. Coronation Street triage. We've got to get on with telling people what happened this week because we don't have time. We don't. Right, so... And I'm really sorry to everybody. This podcast is not going to be... Actually, funny. This, this is, is your first episode say, of Conversation Street. It's not always probably going to be the best episode we've ever done because we're so stressed we're going to sound like idiots and you can laugh at us. <laughs> we've so please enjoy well. our frazzled, maniacal nature today. This is so stressful. This time I next feel week, like me and Abby have been sitting in the park doing cocaine all night. <laughs> well, this time next week, we'll be in the new house, we'll be in the I lounge. Don't, I don't believe it. Big echoey lounge. I feel like I'm going to do all this and then we're going to get to choose it and be like, nah. I know, I know. Right, I'm listen, so concerned. So about tell me Jamie. about Coronation Street. This week on Coronation Street, there were some stories. There were four stories, Gemma, and I think it worked quite well last week when we, we took the little mini stories first and kind of bashed them out. So I want to do that again. So we're going to be starting off with this first story, which I'm naming after a spin off DVD that we watched starring um, David Nilsson, Julie Hesman, Helen Cashman, and Catherine Kelly. It's a Coronation Street Romanian holiday. Cashmere which is, Kelly. <laughs> which is what Tyrone and Alina will be going on soon. So that we're going to talk about first. Then we get I'll tell you who's what? not going to be a Cashmere Kelly. Who? Oh, Kelly, because she's in prison. No I'm, Cashmere there. No, definitely unless not. You're, unless you're Martha Stewart. <laughs> Heartbroken also had a little bit of a goings on this week. And um, oh. feeling burnt out. So um, do you particularly want to bash out any of those? You got any preference, Gemma? Who was it on our Facebook group who said about the facetious disorder that I, I mentioned it last week didn't I do you mean do you mean Munchausen's yeah I think I'm totally convinced now I don't know how well I, I was able to scenes. blag this one on the podcast last week when Gemma was saying oh somebody said it's Munchausen I was going yeah 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 I didn't want to be silly and say I can't remember which one that actually is but so I have thought about it and oh yeah theory okay I, so I maybe I can't I can't go, do you want to say about what maybe I can't remember who said this though no I can't remember maybe either. not everybody knows what I said to you, don't worry about sounding like um, you don't know what you're talking about because um, you're... Are we, are we doing this story first then? Even, you... though, even though we've all, I think I think we should. Right, listen. As we've started. Listen. Now, everybody knows what Munchausen's or facetious disorder is, obviously. I should have explained last week. You should have said you didn't know because not everybody knows everything. <laughs> not like me. <laughs> so Munchausen's is it's called that because the doctor who discovered it was called Dr Munchausen I assume but now it's called facetious disorder and it's just basically where you pretend to be sick to seek medical treatment and get attention mm. it's not the same as hypochondria which is where you think you're sick munchausen's is where you don't you know you're not sick but you're seeking the attention and the suckle you get from people uh praising you and uh feeling sorry for you and sympathising with you. Yeah. So Munchausen's by proxy, they, they which is sob story. slightly more famous, is the one where a parent, usually a mother, will um, 
inflict an illness or say a child is ill. So yeah, this is the thing that, about, that's what I was confused yeah. with, I think, a little bit last week. Because this is the thing about Munchausen's uh, by proxy, is that when, you, when you're doing it with a child, it's, uh, generally you will make the child sick to get the attention, to get the symptoms. But I think when you're doing it to yourself, sometimes you can inflict it on yourself, but sometimes you can just pretend. Mm. So ever since I was reading up about this over the weekend, every scene on Monday that had Curtis in, in my head it's like, it's, it's a fait accompli. It, it's like, of course he's got Munchausen. And I, cu- I couldn't watch it thinking, no, he's just got some kind of mysterious heart disorder. If you watch it like he's got facetious disorder, it's so obvious that he- this is... I don't think this... I, I don't know. If this turns out to be what is what is actually up with him, I'm going to love it so much. But um, just watching it with this conspiracy theory in my mind, it's like, it fits perfectly. Look at him. Yeah. Anyway, so um, heartbroken, the story about Curtis and... Uh, Emma, yeah. did we even say this? What's well, uh, yeah. about them? Yes. So on Monday, Alina says, um, it's fine if Curtis wants to move in because Emma's really into him and she wants him to live with, with her. So she's waiting for him to move in, but he's late. So she tells her dad, this Steve, is Emma, not Emma, and she's worried that he's collapsed because he's got a heart problem. Emma, who doesn't need lights <laughs> on a lie? Steve says, I'll take you to, her, to his flat. Then um, she goes in to see... Uh, Emma goes in to see Debbie in the bistro where he works to find out if he has gone into work. And Debbie says, no, he's phoned in sick. And (laughs) this is where a normal girlfriend would be like, oh, dear, I've just dropped him in it because he said he was ill, but he's actually moving in with me. And now his boss knows that he was lying. (laughs) Debbie doesn't seem that bothered about the fact that he lied to her. He's just like, she's just like, this is part of the course. Emma's panicking um, because... She thinks he is generally ill, but no, he's not. He's in genuinely the road. ill. Yeah, I know. Genuinely. I was trying <laughs> to genuinely. style it out. That's what they say when you haven't got a diagnosis. Like just generally ill. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened. this is what everyone was. What everyone died of in Victorian times. Yeah. Generally ill. <laughs> um, so he's in the Rovers. Actually, he's getting sick and making himself drunk. Which I guess yeah, he's getting is that, that way of being. Uh, is that a way of inflicting Munchausen's on yourself? I don't know. Oh, I'm so ill. I've got a headache out of nowhere and I'm <laughs> throwing up everywhere. So um, he's looking upset. Um, Todd sees him and she, he sees Emma's looking for him. So she, he says he's in the Rovers. So Emma goes in to find Curtis and he is very drunk. And he says, oh, I, t- I texted you to let you know. Oh, it looks like I didn't send it. Oh, uh, uh. His text has got Munchausen's by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> Emma says, I don't think I can do this anymore and walks out. Later on, he turns up at the flat, very apologetic. He says, I don't normally do that. I don't normally get drunk. I was just desperate for a diagnosis. But at the same time, I'm terrified to find out what is wrong with me. And she says, I forgive you. And he's still moving in. Phew. And there's a cute bit where they've bought both separately, individually have bought these twee little key rings that say Mr. Lock and Mr. Key both together. Mr. Lock and Mr. Key. How progressive. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about Todd and Billy. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Lock and Mrs. Key fit together perfectly. That's quite progressive as well, actually, because really it should be Mrs. Lock and Mr. Key after the genitals. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Lock me up, baby. Maybe it was the other, maybe it was the other way round, and I just copied it down wrong. I think it probably is the other way round. <laughs> but I don't think I'd really like a a little poem that actually turned out to be a sex joke on my key ring. Uh, Emma's going to be so embarrassed when she finds out. Anyway, is it, is it that? Is it actually smutty? 
I, it didn't come across as smutty, but... I think it is now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, We're so reading all kinds into this story. Curtis probably. is a big liar. We've decided. You heard it here first. Well, actually, you heard it on our Facebook group first. Um, it, It's all a lie. I hope I hope that it comes out soon, because I don't want to be stringing myself Can along with this Can I just say, it totally fits. This totally fits, because he like, was... Like Mr. Locke and Mrs. Key. When he went to the hospital, and they were like, oh, you've collapsed, let's do some investigations. He's like, oh, there's no point, because they're just not going to find anything. Let's just go home, I can't be bothered. Mm. The only thing is, I don't know why he got drunk today. Well, it, it, was I'm that like quite... a... I mean, he got drunk and hung around in the Rovers a long time. Maybe that was like a cry for attention as well. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe he just didn't want to pack to move. I can totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Right, so that's that storyline we've done with that, aren't okay, we? Okay, right, well, the Romanian do... holiday storyline then. So Alina uh, said last week to Tyrone that she wants to take him off to to to, to the home country and go and see mum and dad and everything. And I haven't she's... specified what part, what, what city or town no, I thought they or had. village. I thought they did. did. They? I, I thought they did, I remember. She showed him a picture. Tyrone's not particularly into it and she kind of notices that a... he's feeling tense and he's like, oh, it's just hope's day, first day back at school. She showed him a picture, but it was just a Google search of Romania by the Coronation Street Props <laughs> Department. <laughs> um, so there's a, a little confrontation with uh, Chesney and um, the, the Dobbs-Stapy people outside of uh, uh, the houses later on in the episode because we, we've learned over the past few months that Chesney is... Um, feeling pretty cool towards Hope at the moment and any interactions that she has with his precious Joseph. And so he's quite surprised to, to see that she's going back to school. When you say cool, not not cool uncle, like, no. hit, have a beer. No. But cool, like, I don't want you to set fire to my child's face. I don't think I could ever uh, label Chesney as the cool uncle. The cool anything. <laughs> um, she, wants, she wants to go back to school with Joseph. I always think it's quite funny when... Um, when Hope and Joseph get together because they're brother and sister, aren't they, in real life? She's like, oh, yeah, it's you. Anyway, it's all a little bit awkward. And Tyron Fizz says, yeah, because yeah, Hope because wants, wants to go to, walk, to school so to together. together. And Ty's like, oh, no, you're going to go in with me today. Um, anyway, it soon turns out that, you know, by the time it even hits lunchtime, Hope's got herself into a mischief, not set fire to the school or anything like that. She's just thrown a bit of slime at a display. And um, she's a bit upset because nobody wants anything to do with her. I did feel a bit sorry for Hope here. It turns out that all of the other snobby parents at um, Weatherfield Primary School, Bessie Street Primary School, sorry, have um, told their kids not to have anything to do with These Hope. elitist snobby parents and their anti-fire stance. <laughs> Hope comes home and, um, yeah, she's, she's a bit of a myth that nobody wants to play with her. And Tyrone is promising her that, yeah, it's going to get better, just to take a little bit of time. Uh, but she's like, no, I'm not going back to that school. We, we had this a few years ago, didn't we? When um, when Fizz had to uh, homeschool Hope for a little bit. Maybe she's up, up for a little bit of that again. And um, they, they Just have had a... homeschooling for two years, Hope. Get to school. <laughs> Get to proper school. Um, they, they, they're they playing Uno later and um, she still doesn't want to go back to school then. And Fizz is quite nice to Tyrone and says, oh, thank you for your help. And this is when he brings up the Romania trip. Says, look, I promise I'm not going to go. I'm going to have to try and find my way to get out. And she says, like, no, you should go and spend some quality time with Alina. And that's kind of where we leave it. So so I guess Romania's on the green list then because they're going off on holiday to Romania. It's from Weatherfield Airport at least. And then we had a massive scene today which contradicted Monday's scene where Kevin several times stated quite clearly to Debbie that no one's allowed to go on holiday abroad at the moment. Did he say that? That's why he wanted to book a hotel in England. He said it like twice. 
No one's allowed to go on holiday abroad. Don't know what Tyrone's talking about. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, well, anyway, that was that was a bit of a nothing there, wasn't it? Should Tyrone go on the trip? Do you think he's going to go on this trip? Or do you think this is the moment when he decides that, I oh, know I need to stay here with Fizz? I think he's going to chicken out and I think he's going to try and end the relationship with Alina over this. But can I say I would have loved to have seen an awkward... Um, I, I don't think they would have sent them to Romania, but... They've done it before on the DVD. I don't think they can afford it anymore. But um, watching Tyrone, I just want to see Tyrone put in his place by a gruff dad, you know, who's like, oh, you want to marry Marlena? You're not good enough. <laughs> she was younger. She had a boyfriend, could chop down hundred trees with one axe. What can you do? Uh, and change the spark plug. Don't even have those here. <laughs> get out. No, I want, I want Tyrone to get on the plane with Alina and then... Um, chicken out at the last minute or just abandon her leave her on the plane and she goes jetting off into the sunset and he goes back to first yeah goes, goes to Romania to see her mum why Lena why you're so sad he was nothing but pudgy boy you come home and you can have any man in whole village who speak two languages anyway also so do I for some reason and why am I speaking to you in English uh, another reason why I think that um, Ian McLeod can do one is because not only did he disrespect the great Pat Phelan by scattering his ashes across the floor of the funeral parlour, but he gave him the ultimate insult this week with the next storyline, didn't he? I didn't really like the way that this ended up. I thought this was petty and stupid. I think it would have been better if it if Erlene had... I don't know, anyway. Let me Let's see what happens first. You're going to tell me or I'm going to no, tell you? No, you're going to tell me. It's your turn. Right, so George and Todd are trying to work out what they're going to do about the fact that um, uh, Eileen has is, has got this big idea in her head about scattering the ashes of this poor, abandoned old lady that she thinks she's going to turn into. And honestly, she's on the right track at the moment. Um, so she's got all these speeches prepared and they're like, oh, should we tell her or not? They decide to let her go along with it. And George is like, this just seems wrong. It doesn't seem like the right thing to do. So Eileen comes to collect Patsy and she's written a speech, she's all ready and then George stops her, he can't let her continue, he admits the truth. Todd's there going, no, shut up, shut up. <laughs> they try to explain themselves and she walks out upset. Tyro, um, Todd finds Eileen in the pub and she's really mad at him and she she does this thing that she's done about 20 times before in this storyline. I'm assuming that this was a new scene, but they could have used any scene they'd recorded previously. I don't even know why they uh, they send... Um, who's, who plays Sue it? Cleaver. Sue Cleavers could have just stayed at home for this <laughs> and they could have just replayed a scene from earlier in the year where she says, Todd, I'm fed up with you and I don't want you or George anywhere near me. I want you to move out. Ugh. Um, he goes back to the funeral parlour and tells George they're both in the doghouse. He's gutted because he's. it's also brought it all back up with about feeling. George goes to find Eileen to apologise. And she says, fine, you've apologised, now get lost. And he says, well, I'm going to get uh, rid of the ashes. Um, do you have any requests? Um, yeah, he kind of, he, he makes it clear that um, Eileen is more important to him now than his principles as a funeral director, apparently. And he's, he says, oh, what do you want me to do? Um, hoover him up or blast him off into space or whatever? You have to pay a lot of money to get blasted off into space. <laughs> he comes back after dumping him in the dog poo bins on the red wreck, which was her suggestion. And she smiles and she says, I've had too much of men maligned to me in the past. I don't want to get hurt again. And he says, look, 
being in a relationship is is good because someone else will do the packing while you swan about making notes for your podcast. <laughs> I don't think that that's what happened, actually. No, I'm oh, sorry, I read um... it wrong. It says, someone to take care of you and warm your slippers. Would you, would you like them warming? Um, Todd tells Eileen he's found somewhere else to lay, to move out to and she says, don't worry, I was just being a bitch as normal. You can move, You can live with me. At this point, <laughs> at this point, if I was Todd, I'd just have all my stuff just in a bag. Yeah. Just a go bag. It's like, he's ready. In he's and ready. out, in and out. He's ready for the apocalypse, another pandemic, or his mother just kicking him out on a whim <laughs> for the 15th time in a row. Yeah, well, she makes up with him this time, and she tells him to go off and have a bit of fun down go, Canal go Street. Go down Canal Street. It's like, go okay. Find, uh, go find Mr. Locke or, or Mr. Key, whichever one you fancy. Which, I'm not going to ask you which one you are. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit rude. Um, he goes off. Uh, presumably he's been dying to go to Canal Street, but he needed a his note mum. from his mum. confession, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes off and then, what's this? George is sneaking in with a bottle of wine. For some reason now they're going to pretend to Todd that they're not dating so that we can have a big reveal when Todd finds out that they're dating each other. And then maybe he can tell Classic. Eileen to move out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was quite sweet at the end. I did like um, George I like the fact that they got together, and, uh, but this could have happened two months it, previously to yeah. this and it would have been less irritating. I, I haven't and, found this... And we wouldn't have besmirched the memory of Pat Phelan. I haven't found this endearing at all. It's just been very irritating um, and, and a bit silly. It it was it was silly, and I know that he was he was a villain and everything, but no, I'm talking about will they won't they? Oh yeah yeah no that that was as well, but they've decided that um by, uh, you know by putting Pat Phelan's ashes in a dog poo bin, then that's the final thing that's made wanna... them go and now they can be together. I just I wish they yeah got together properly before, so we didn't have to have that. I just want to point out to Coronation Street that Pat was actually a quite a popular character. Yeah, um, yeah, it was not with the character, not with the other characters on the street because he shot a lot of them and <laughs> stole money off the other lot. But um, in general, people enjoyed watching him. So it's not, it doesn't make sense to to kill him. You know no. what I mean? To I mean, obviously to he's a, he's a wrong one. But like if, if it's a... real life, you know, and you're talking about an actual real serial killer or whatever. I don't mind to put him in a dog poo bin if you want to, but it does kind of... I feel like it demeans Eileen's character more than anything. I think it was a big two fingers up to Kate Oates and Ian McLeod. You wait, Ian, till you're gone. What's going to happen to your <laughs> legacy? I don't know. Oh, dear. Oh, well. So, anyway, Eileen and George, finally together. Fine, fine, fine. I just want to say, it's, it's definitely an Eileen thing to put somebody's ashes in a dog poo bin. But what I will warn her is that she carries on being such an, an annoying, ornery bitch to everybody. That's where she's going to end up. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. So you read what you say. If you keep throwing Todd out, he's going to be the one. Jason's she's, not going to decide I mean, what happens to our ashes when well, she... Then, well, um, that pops off her clogs. Before the ashes, let's talk about who's going to pick the old people's home. Oh, uh, yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be Todd. And he, he I wouldn't trust him to pick to pick my, uh, anyone he Still actually likes. Mayfield no. Court. Still Waters. You must be joking. <laughs> Eileen's not going to end up there. Yeah, it's... Mayfield Court or um Coronation oh, what's the, what's a naff one? Give me a give me a name. Come on, just give me a name of pants um old people's home, Gemma. Cranky ditch. <laughs> Cranky ditch, that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um I was wondering like as well as being um a bit silly that you know, for, for Pat and everything, 
I don't know whether George actually would have gone against his principles and scattered the ashes like that because he's always been very, very moralistic. And also, I wonder, what if he'd been caught? Because surely he's yeah. relatively well known. If somebody yeah. had seen him... What's that? The, fun- the, local the funeral, funeral director, director dumping in ashes hands? in the dog poo Human bin. Human remains, where's he putting them? In the dog poo bin? That could have, to- that could have been the end of yeah. his career. That could have been, you know, a Shuttleworth's funeral business. Weatherfield Gazette would put... Dead. I mean, they've put some absolute tripe on the front page. Imagine if they found this out. It'd be yeah. the front page news for a week. I know, I know. Anyway, worth it for the lols, eh, Ian? Stop being horrible to Ian McLeod. Oh, he's fine, really. He, he's won six awards this week. He, he doesn't, doesn't care. He's on cloud nine. <laughs> he's like, yeah, carry on. How many podcast awards have you got? What's that, <laughs> man? How long have you been doing it? Nine years. Ooh, unlucky, eh? <laughs> it must be un. It must be luck. It, it can't be oh, yeah. that you're actually rubbish. Okay, fine. On to the main meat of the discussion, then, Gemma. R. Kelly abuse trial. And, um, oh, we had the verdicts today and golly, good golly, Honestly, who'd have seen that coming? We have, we've, gone quite a f- we've gone quite a long way in this podcast without have actually mentioned talking about how shocking um, and exciting it was this week. With it was a good stuff. week on the whole, wasn't it? As, yeah. Uh, you may not be able to tell from the tone of our discussion so far, but it was actually quite an enjoyable episode. Hey, was, Ian, hey, Ian, it, it was, was a pretty it good It was week. good, really. I'm only joking. He knows I'm good. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Who you are. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what, who does know who I am? Ian Kershaw. That's right, Ian Kershaw. He listens to the podcast sometimes, apparently. He not, tweeted us the other day. He's turned it off now. <laughs> I, think he wrote, I think he might have written Monday's episode, actually. Monday's was great, Ian. Yeah, he replied to a tweet the other day and he said he enjoyed listening. Well, and he wished us well with our house to move. people who... Um, actually, I was very, the number I was, of, was the number of listeners that. we have, we could actually address them all individually, one by one, as we go through. I want to know if Ian Kershaw and Julie Hesman have listened to the podcast in the car. Right in the list. Um, okay, 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 okay. Do you want to do Monday or Friday? I'll do Monday, shall I? Go on then. Okay, on Monday, Abby has spoken to the authorities about her quick Facebook, internet sleuthing, LinkedIn stuff where she found out that one of the other kids... Eli. Dad's been given a job working for Corey's dad. Yeah. Therefore, corruption is ensued. I bet Imran was like pretty mad at that because he's been working his little socks off for, for months on this. And Abby just does a quick Facebook search. He's like, here you go, incriminating evidence. I thought you were going to say, I bet Imran's mad because he's been working really hard and it turns out you could just get a job by saying, I'll stitch up, um, <laughs> what's her face, Kelly up. Yeah. I mean, he basically stitched up anyway. He could have got a job out of it. Don't say that. Imran's feeling really low about himself at the moment. He doesn't It's listen. not his fault. Just for the it's drama. not his fault. It's not his fault. Okay. Um, breakfast at the Bastard's Beebs. And he's worried about how it went the other day. And Toya says, stop doubting yourself. Corey's tears came off as a performance. And he is worried because the plan for the day is put Laura, which is Kelly's mum, on the stand. How could this possibly go wrong? Well, I, I did quite enjoy how it went wrong. I thought I did, that I was thought a, an amazing like, yeah. moment. <laughs> Absolute um, dumpster fire. Um, he says, I love you. Do you? Do you, Imran? They've said, you? they've said twice in the past fortnight that they love each other. And I always like it when characters say that to each other rather than just, let's go to bed. I think you'll find that when they say I love you to each other, that's where the alarm bell should be ringing in your head. Like, oh no, they're going to split up. Oh, they have been. 
Okay, um, Toya is um, in court with Kelly as her appropriate adult and she is going to take the stand. So she recounts the events of the evening. Yeah, Toya, has, Toya gives uh, Kelly a bit of reassurance before the court starts, but um, hopefully not too much because then she was, she'd be a bit hypocritical at the end of the week, wouldn't she? When, um, oh no, who was it? Oh no, she, no, although she wasn't sorry. She was also being reassuring on Friday, wasn't she? That's what Im- Imran was mad at her for saying, you've got to reassure Kelly. That's right. I'm just remembering it wrong. It's only just happened. Carry on, I won't interrupt. Kelly says, this is what happened. Listen, this is what happened, everyone. Um, she says, I slapped Nina to impress Corey. This is the trouble. She's she's told the truth here. And what you need to do is what Corey did and lie. Mm. Because the truth, really, let's be frank here, makes her look bad. Because she is bad. I don't think she's 12 years in prison bad. But she's certainly not... Let's go home and have some vegetable lasagna. Good, is she? She's naughty. Um, She says, during the attack, I laughed because I thought he was just messing around. And then she describes Corey kicking Seb to death and she begins to cry. And she says she tried to help him, but she panicked. She was leaning over him to see if he was okay. And when he moved, that's when she realised that she needed to to run away. And she says, I didn't touch him. Um, and she gets very emotional. So this is she, she, she was brilliant again, Millie Gibson, this week, wasn't she? She gave it 100%. I, I think she's fab. Everybody in this story has given amazing performances this week. I really, really thought that, um, yeah, Toya, Imran, Corey, Abby, Kelly, Sabine. She, it was just the right level. It didn't come off, I didn't think. Um, Kelly's crying as being too overdramatic and just look how many tears I can squeeze out, look, look at me. It, it felt very, very realistic and desperate. Yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, she played it just right. So then we have Sabine with her cross-examination. And she say, she's basically saying, right, so you admit that you, you, you hit Nina to impress Corey. So why wouldn't we believe that you kicked Seb to impress him? Which yeah, same is with, uh, pretty damning. Same honestly. with Ash's pictures as well. You you Little shared logic. these pictures online to yeah, impress she Corey. She brings up the the whole child pornography thing, mm. um, and then we have the prosecution. What was his name? I don't even think he got one. <laughs> he was just the other guy. He was just pleased to be in a scene. He got he got to turn. He got to go, and um, what was this talking about the blood spatter and saying that. He's basically saying, well, you had evidence that you were there. Yeah, Im- Imran does a bit of an objection, doesn't he? And there's a statement to say that she didn't have any, you didn't have any blood on your legs because you had stockings. You didn't have stockings on. But, I mean, what's to say you didn't just wash the blood off? So that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Imran's like, this is conjecture. And he has to be told to sit down. Sit down, Mr Habib. He's doing his best. Um, Toya visits Imran at the break and he's like, oh, no, I'm really sad. Oh, I don't think this is going very well. Then it's Laura's turn. I thought this was great because she's come to rescue her child to um, to be the knight in shining armour and it turns out she's just the dragon. She says, oh yeah, my husband, he's such a wrong end. Yeah, she starts off well. Um, oh, we had such dangerous lives. Kelly had such an unstable upbringing. I was such a terrible mother. She was so great. She looked after me. She was never in any trouble. Went into a downward spiral after me and Rick got divorced. Kelly looked after me. It. She's great. Don't. She didn't kick anyone to death. She's good at making tea. And then Sabine stands up and says, um, "Interesting." <laughs> 
<laughs> didn't you? Why don't you just? Why don't you just? Uh, found guilty of neglecting this child, and also in in this court case, you said that you were physically afraid of your daughter. You called her violent, unpredictable, and aggressive. I bet. I bet so Imran was, regrets not going to that hit that why, that hearing. That's now. true because Toya says have a have a break, didn't she? Said yeah, don't get he was, up. He was going to go and watch that. He was. And Toya said not to. So so basically, Although Kelly. I was going to say, to be honest, Imran probably should have done a little bit of research about what she did say before inviting her onto the stand. I mean, you could have you could have read it quickly. You don't need to listen. I thought this was when um when Sabine read that out. I was like, this is this is amazing. So Kelly was so Laura was on trial for neglecting her daughter, and in her defence, she said the reason I neglected her was because she was horrible and violent towards me. Whoopsie do. Yeah. So Laura's like, no, I was lying. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I was about to go down for child abuse and I was just trying to defend myself. And Sabine says, perjury is a serious offence. And Laura says, I didn't lie. She's and like, Sabine I know, actually, says, yeah. I, d- no I didn't lie, questions. she actually was. Um, no further questions. Yeah, she gets herself into a bit of a bit of a pickle, doesn't she? Well, she's completely royally shaft. I mean, honestly, if there's, if you can pinpoint any particular damning evidence that might have led to Kelly being found guilty when... Corey was found not guilty even though the the overwhelming logic of the situation would be that a little girl versus a teenage boy is not going to be able to fight him off versus the other way around mm. if you can pinpoint one thing that that damned her it probably was this her yeah. own mother giving testimony to say she was violent unpredictable and aggressive you couldn't you couldn't hope for a better description of somebody who's being charged with murder I know. than that. So Imran's a bit cross with Laura later and, and um she tries to defend herself and he says, You only you clearly only care about yourself and you always have. And she says to him, If Kelly goes down, you've got nobody to blame but yourself. Yes. So, there's a summing up time. What's this? Everybody says, this is what happened. Yeah, there was a very long summing up scene, in, wasn't there? And it kind of flicks back and forth between Sabine and Imran. I thought it was really nicely done. It, was, you know, it didn't particularly learn anything else, but it's both the, the, yeah, the two people, the, the, the Sabine and Imran, trying to and the other guy. remind everybody. No, 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 I don't think it was in it. I can't remember. He's, Imran basically says, were. follow the evidence and find Kelly not guilty. The trouble about this is the evidence kind of points to her and not Corey because Corey hid the evidence that's true it still hasn't been recovered from the canal has it it's still floating away it's going to join that big um, flock of ducks you know the the little rubber ducks that all fall out of a a ship and they use them to (laughs) to to judge where the flow of the oceans are reckon I reckon so oh where are we we're we're at the um, massive soap convenient overhearing Imran's just minding his own business, sitting outside a room where Sabine, Stefan and Corey are having a very loud conversation. About... Well, no, Sabine walks out and she's like, um, she says, if you did um, have hire, or hire Eli's dad to get him to change his uh, testimony, then you need to keep quiet about it, basically like that. So she Naughty. knows. And she, so she storms out and um, Im- and. Mr. Brent, Stefan and Corey are still having to go at it and, and Dad's like, and you need to get your mouth shut about this. We, we're we close to the finish line, basically. And Imran overhears this and rather than just going running straight to somebody and said, guess what I just heard, he... Um, he goes, oh, we'll use this information. 
Anyway. Which she doesn't really. Imran's sitting out outside and then um, Stefan and Corey come out and like they kn- they know that he's heard them. Yeah, Stefan does like a little double take when he sees Imran sitting there. And Imran's like, don't worry, I literally can't do anything about this. It doesn't make sense to me that like, a solicitor can sit and hear somebody giving evidence, like hear evidence about a court case that he's involved with and just go, well, I can't say anything. Surely, mm. Surely he can. Is there some kind of like don't don't tell anybody what you overhear in chambers? Kind it's of... also the fact that he's heard Sabine basically admitting that she knows that Corey's guilty. No, I think she's got enough plausible deniability there to say if this is what you've done. I mean, if you're, I'm sure almost every single time you take on a client as a solicitor, you say if you did it, don't let me find. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think how Imran should have jumped on it, and and rather well, than jump on her at the end of the week, which has potentially happened, rawr. he could. She could have. I'll be. I'll be the key. She could. If, you if, if he thought. <laughs> if he thought that she knew she that says, Corey was guilty, you know I'm always the she, key, Imran. She didn't. She didn't then pull out of the case because, like we said last week, if some, if somebody believes that their client is guilty, then they're not allowed to defend them. Yeah. She could have said. Sorry, I can't defend you. That could have royally screwed up Corey's case and Kelly could have been let free. No, that wouldn't have happened. They would have had a mistrial and had to start again. Oh, well. <sighs> and Imran didn't want that again. It's, it's like, I hard can't. Work. It's really hard work. Abby and Kev are back at number 13 together and Imran comes in and tells them what he's found out. And he says he thinks Stefan knows that Corey is guilty and he says, let me do my job. Trust me, I will find something to nail him with. <laughs> Schoolboy titter. <laughs> right, so Friday, he's been doing his research as Imran. He's, he's had another all-nighter, it looks it's like. It's taken all week to do this. It has. He reckons that Eli's dad is underqualified for this job he's Join got. The club. But he hasn't got any um, sort of evidence to back this up, that there's been bribery and everything like that. And he just feels it's all pretty Can hopeless. Can I just say, if hiring an incompetent worker is a crime... There are plenty of people in this country that should be in the dock. <laughs> they they just don't particularly seem to go down this route at all, do they? For the rest of, for the this rest whole, of the day, because Imran's entire... thing, Imran's thing today was I've done everything I can. I'm not. I, I've done the cross examining and everything. This was a really weak link of the story because, like I think I said this last week, um, I didn't really want. I didn't really want the whole case to have been undermined by a quick Google search that Abby did, independent of all the other stuff that's going on, it's really Imran's case to win or lose, not somebody else to come in and find, you know, yeah. a golden snitch right at the end. Um, so I, and then I, they just I, didn't go we, anywhere with it, which yeah. it makes me think that because of well, the, guilt, the verdict that's happened, it will come up again. That's the route that they're going to well, go down. we'll talk about what we reckon. Okay, so um, Toya says, anyway, Imran, don't worry about it. You've done everything you can as a lawyer. Now it's just your time to be her foster father and give her a lot of love and reassure her, tell her it's going to be okay. That's what she needs to hear right now. Um, we hear that Abby has, is, is losing her mind at the moment. Debbie uh, is with Kevin and he tells her that she's going a bit nuts. She's just desperate to have Corey face justice. Um, and then Simon, I, I get Simon seems to be... Uh, I, I don't know why he's in this story. Uh, I mean, it's got to become apparent soon because there's a few scenes today with him in just getting angry about the fact that Corey's possibly going to go down that just didn't sit right with me. It didn't feel right. And he had a couple of scenes with Kelly, but we're supposed to now believe that they're best mates or something. 
I was just scrolling quickly through Facebook to see if I can find who brought up the um, the facetious disorder with Curtis. And literally, as you said that, I just stumbled across something that Jack posted on our Facebook group mm. 26 minutes ago. Anyone else find Simon's involvement in the story really forced and annoying? Oh, yes. And all the responses. How convenient. Christina, yes. Chloe Marie, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Karis, I don't know where it's come from. Stuart, yes, few, not just me. I was thinking this earlier. It's bizarre. It, it, so far, it is completely unnecessary. And and still, I don't know. She we, warned we, in. Yeah, it's, and it's all the stuff with Asher. Where's Ardy during this? It's, it's I, very weird how he's been sidelined. Yeah, not that he cares about Kelly either, but anyway... Um, Swimran goes to see Kelly in um in the prison and says uh, she, and she's feeling very pessimistic about this whole thing. She wants she thinks it's going to all go wrong for her. But if it she she just says I want to start my life again. I want to get an apprenticeship, um, work with you know kids who've been dragged up off the streets like me. And um, I can't she I can't stay in prison. It's awful. There's everyone's it's just, shouting, just shouting and screaming and everything. I need to get off of this. Imran, am I going to get? Away with not. Am I going to get away with this? That's not the right. Am I going to, I, going to get found guilty or not? And he, he tells her what she needs to hear, which is, I'm sure it'll all be okay because this is what Toya has recommended. He'll he say says. it will all be all right, give or take twelve years. Yeah. Um, so then we we see Roy preparing for it. He's closed the cafe. Customers aren't happy with it. Nina's going to wear a veil to the verdict, which was um, a little bit odd. And she's there desperately trying to sew it up together so that she can wear it to the courtroom. Um, Dev comes in, and uh, there's a few nice little scenes with Dev and Roy this week. I thought, um, sort of being the go-between with with Asher and Nina. Um, there was a bit where, yeah, they were talking. Um, Dev and Roy were talking. Yeah. And then Nina comes in, and he says, "Hi, honey." And I realised that one of my life's ambitions is for Dev to say to me, "Hi, honey." Aww. But it will never happen because I'm not a fictional character on Coronation Street. You could be. I could be, but I don't think I would. Um, I think I'm a real person. Yeah. So um, Dev's brought this um, good luck charm from Asher to Nina, and Roy can't doesn't really even try to hide the fact that he thinks it's a load of nonsense. And then when um, later on, when Nina's struggling with her veil still, and Roy gives it to her, she also says, "Oh, this is this is stupid. This isn't going to help me." I'll take any lucky but... charms anyone wants to give me. <laughs> um, so Imran and Toya are in the bistro later. Kevin comes in. He's starting to panic because he doesn't know where Abby is. But then she turns up later. Oh no, she does. She's on. She goes to Stefan's. Um, she does. <laughs> she goes to the the uh, the offices of his. Um, she goes. She goes uh, to hire HQ. Yeah, his, his magazine business, and she she walks straight in and turns the lock almost as if she knew that his door was going to have a key in it. I don't know how she would maybe how she would I know that. I think it's I think it's damning on the Stefan that his he's got a. A lock in his office. Yeah, what's he what's get he up to? At? What is he looking at? The first guy got got a pink, got to pick the cover girl for this week. <laughs> I'm gonna lock the door. Leave me to it. Um, anyway, Abby Abby locks the door um, and Menaces she him. starts. Go, she she does do a bit of menacing. Starts going Just on about their menace. sons. She says, "Look, I understand that you're gonna do whatever it takes to get your son off. Just tell me that you're lying." And and you bought your witness, and he starts to look really guilty about it. But then it's a bit of a um, fake out, isn't yeah. it? Because he's like, I oh, know you're recording it on your phone. Although he says, Corey is guilty. 
is what you want me to say, but I won't because I think you're wearing a wire. I oh, know, Abby should have just recorded that Why and didn't then she, taken yeah, the bit out. Isolate that bit. Yeah. Why didn't she say, I'm not wearing that. a wire? Right. That's what I don't understand. She could have gone, I'm not wearing a wire. Look, I'm not wearing a wire. Just tell me. Because I wouldn't have said, if somebody came in, if you're involved in a court case and some, someone comes in and says, just out of interest, could you please confess to me? And I promise I won't tell anybody. <laughs> Did they actually show that she was recording? Because he accused her of it, but I don't think we saw her you know, turn a phone off or anything like that. I don't think she was recording. I think she was genuinely asking him. I don't think Just she's clever enough. Know. She she is. I think that she would have done anything. She's she's sneaky and sly. No, I bit, no, I think it she, would have been a bit no, cliche for her to have done it. No, the point of the scene wasn't that. It was literally her just saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm desperate. I'm worried. I don't think this is going to go the way I want it to because I think you've brought justice here for your son, justice in inverted commas. But I lit all I need now. I've given up on proper justice. All I need is for you to admit. I just want one." sentence from you just one just to confess i don't need to hear it from him even don't even need Corey to say it i just need it from you and i can let it go yeah that was what the scene it. was about it wasn't about sneaking around and recording and subterfuge and all this no well they, they can't go any further with it because he's used a special magazine editor's panic button he's not the editor desk. he's far too relaxed to be the editor <laughs> have you you haven't got one of those under your desk you you they, got jemma's got a little buzzer she presses it then i bring her tea they disconnected my panic button because I'm always panicking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she gets carted off to the police. Meanwhile, everyone's arriving in court. Corey's looking very, very panicky about the whole situation. And Stefan's like, sit down, shut up. Sabine um, has a little scene with Imran where she's, again, made out to be a bit bloodthirsty. Nice yeah, she's like, she's quite excited about the verdict. She's like, her adrenaline's going. And he's, he basically tells her to grow up. And she says, don't get an ulcer, Imran. <laughs> this was great this was a really this was a really good scene because it demonstrated that um sabine is not personal to her she's not invested emotionally in the result of the case and she's in it for the thrill of this moment of you know the aladdin is it is it good or pot or bad mm. oh, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. um he is here he's like very idealistic and he believes in justice and she probably thinks that's kind of quaint and stupid. Well, I think he's also telling her to be quiet, this is serious, because he's he's panicking himself. This he is obviously far too personally invested in this. It's not that it's not that he's too moral. I think he is a, a, a lot more moral than Sabine is, but Yeah. Yeah, she he's just saying, Stop this is my this is my foster daughter's life that's on the line here. I've known her for like six months. (laughs) Anyway, it's all taken a little bit of a while to get started. Kenny's panicky, Toya says, Oh, let's talk about this apprenticeship then, eh? That you just came up with it was your life ambition. But before they can suddenly is time. I just wanna say I really thought this was the stupidest thing ever when Imran goes to see redemption of Kelly. Goes to see Kelly and he's like so, when you get out, what do you want to do? Or oh, I can't remember how it covered conversation. She's like, what I really want to do, my passion, is to work with people that are in my situation and help people that are suffering around the world. It's like, sorry, hang on. This isn't the Miss World competition. I'm <laughs> not asking you to like for, to wish for world peace. I just want to know whether you, well, like a, whether you want a curry like Corey or whether yeah. you want to take away to, pizza. Do you want to go to Alton Towers is what I'm asking you. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, this was, uh, does anybody? Sorry, does anyone what? believe that utter claptrap that Kelly wants to work with disadvantaged youth? I believe that what the Curry writers desperately want us to love her and she's think that she's a reformed character. Absolute crap. <laughs> if she says something like, 
what I really want to do is get out and become famous on TikTok and then I'll design my own range of trainers <laughs> with Foot Locker. I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. She's going to find all the scallies on the street and slap them until they reform. Kick them to death. <laughs> anyway, she didn't do that. No. But that's not what jury said because the verdict is out and Kelly is judged guilty. Guilty. Tears, wails, Crying. big old hug from Toya, which I thought was lovely. I, I think this is one of those times that showed that they really do need to have the characters up close and personal yeah, because... and, and able to hug. Because if Toya had just stood there going, oh dear. Oops. It, it would have not been the right <laughs> Toya's like, well, I'm going home. I've got to put the lentils on. <laughs> um, this was great because actually Toya was trying to hug her, but Kelly was so physically overwrought with like this emotion that she couldn't even bear to be touched almost. She, she was like, she didn't connect into a hug, did she? She kind mm. of turned and doubled over in anguish yeah she was i think i don't know whether she was expecting it or not she she said she earlier wasn't. she said earlier this is gonna happen this is gonna happen to me I, I think i'm gonna go down but because imran had reassured her i think maybe she was thinking and because fault. she knows that she didn't do it i, I think, think quite often when you're in that situation you think of course it can't happen to me i didn't do it it's gonna be okay i can get myself worked up about it but i believe in the british justice system and i, I think it was um think it, like it pulled the rug out from under her oh dear uh, speaking of rugs imran eh? we're not gonna be able to see him with his wig on anymore now that the court case is over well you don't know he's, he's working it. on a appeal yeah but he didn't think he's got any grounds does he he said he's gonna find grounds michael don't you believe in him he's, got, he's gonna find something to nail um stefan with. with oh <laughs> um anyway <laughs> time for Corey's verdict we don't get actually get to see it we see it we see from abby's point of view because she's been released from she's the police fanning station around. fanning around with craig gets to the courts and um what do you know Corey's there striding out like cock of the walk he's going been, i want a corma he's been found not guilty Corey wants to curry on Corey. He is, he, he, and then he gives that that wink, doesn't he, to Abby? That's right. He walks out the door, a free man, and turns around and gives Abby a great big charismatic wink. And she's like, I can't, but like, well, she she was already stopped in her tracks, just seeing was, that he was out. She she wasn't expecting that at all. I don't know how to read the expression that was she, on her she'd face. She'd heard just as she was going up the steps that Kelly was found guilty, yeah. and she was like, oh yeah, then they're showing that they're not pulling any punches here they're they're throwing the book at them so she was expecting the same to happen to Corey, and she was just like yeah gobsmacked when she saw him coming out and then that wink didn't know what to make of it <laughs> he's such an evil little i know bastard. that was great that was i great. honestly love him so much he's so good good at maximus evans so fantastic if you're on the jury you'd have found him innocent no same same with Pat Phelan and Colin McIntyre. They're just really, really good at playing this charismatic... This is a thing about villains, and it's really tragic that human beings are like this, but there's something compelling, isn't there, about a really evil person who's having a good time being evil? What is wrong with humans? Um, Simon turns up at the court oh, as a bit of a away, rant to Imran, saying, oh, this is your fault, you're a rubbish lawyer. And then he finds the pendant, doesn't he, which he goes and takes off. I love later, this. I he leaned over the side and he was like, you, I hate you, you're the worst person in the world, lawyers are evil. And and um, Toya and, and, uh, and Imran just kind of look at him and then carry on their conversation, like, <laughs> he's just the one of many. Well, the conversation being that Imran is turning the tables on Toya and saying, this is your fault, you told me to give Kelly hope, and now look what's happened. So, um, uh-oh. 
meanwhile we've got Nina making the slow walk out of court in her veil like she's following behind the uh, behind the coffin again princess uh, queen victoria in mourning is yeah. what she reminds me of roy's trying to tell her that she should be proud of herself for, proud of herself for keeping her dignity and everything but she rips up her veil and drops off this is not the result that she wanted because she knows she knows that it wasn't that that, that she knows it was Corey what done it mm-hmm. um we get um we get Kelly talking with Imran later who she she says look just give it to me straight because this is before her actual sentencing isn't it what am I going to get and she's like 12 and he says 12 years and she says what maximum he's like nope minimum so she's like distraught the fact that she's going to be ancient and nearly 30 by the time she comes out of jail obviously it'd be awful and then she says all my friends would have grown up and I've had kids got married so basically her youth has will be wiped out by this one verdict you're still young when you're in your 40s. Yeah, yeah. What? She's 30s. Yeah, but she says 30. She's worried about that. Yeah, she'll be don't, fine. Don't worry about it. Um, you don't do anything between the ages of like 16 to 30. It's all just a waste of time anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Kevin's debriefing Debbie later and saying, oh, Abby just wants to get away. And she's like, do you want to go somewhere in York? I know somewhere there. <laughs> They've got a brilliant Viking like, um, museum. You want to go to Yorvik and smell manure? <laughs> she makes it sound like the logical um, way to overcome your son's murderer getting away scot-free is to go to York. Like, oh, what's that? You had a bad result in court. Well, everyone knows you go to York. <laughs> Boutique hotel with a hot tub in the back. Um, and then we have Imran and Toya. Why else would anyone go to York? Imran and Toya back at home. And <laughs> Toya's like, don't take this the wrong way and everything. But I think we should get a different lawyer for European. I'm not saying you're rubbish. Because quite you've... frankly, you've been a flipping nightmare. She says, that, it's not that. You've been, you've been just working yourself to the bone. And I think somebody else needs to take it up from here. And he takes that as an insult. And they get into a horrible argument, which I didn't oh, like at all. It's like, no. mummy and daddy are fighting. Stop Things it. Things getting very, very fraught. Um, and he he starts accusing her of psychoanalyzing him again, she, but she, she totally is. She, this is the thing, though. How can she not? She's she knows exactly what every single argument mm. is is kind of made of, and she's so careful to never. What I I kind of really hope that say this is goes the obvious part path here, where Imran and Sabine have an affair. No, I really want Toya to just go. Do you know what? Screw it. This is what I actually think. This is you. I've nothing but an arrogant tosspot. It's been stringing me along this whole time. You're a cheater. You're a liar. You're an incompetent lawyer, and you can get move your stuff out. <laughs> and I'm never making you a vegetable lasagna again. <laughs> you can chop your own aubergines. Oh, Do you know what gosh, I mean? Because she's so she's always like Toya and Imran are really interesting to watch when they have an argument because it feels quite restrained. Like they're being sensible and not being trying to be overly emotional with one another. And when somebody is, it's always Imran. Toya Mm. Toya kind of buttons it up a bit. Yeah, but she proper let loose tonight, didn't she? I know, but I really want her to to go a bit more crazy. (laughs) Well, she was shouting, he walks out of her mid-sentence. She wasn't, though. She was saying, she was trying to be logical and and analyse it still. I just wanted to say, look, I don't really care what this is called, if it's deflecting or whatever. I, I think you're annoying. Um, we get like the, she she doesn't she doesn't feel like she has to justify every single emotion and reaction that she has because she's a counselor and she can't switch off. Mm. It must be very frustrating to have to try to 
listen to somebody who's going, well, you only think that because when you were a child, a snake bit you and now you can't trust reptiles. We, we have, I'm sure we've made fun on the podcast before of Toya having all these psychoanalytical lines thrown in there. And it, it feels sometimes with Toya, when they don't know what to get her to say, they'll either have her psychoanalyse someone or they'll give her a vegetable joke and it just so turns out that this could have caused the breakup of her relationship. Well, she, where he walks out and she goes, this is just exactly what a courgette would do. <laughs> that was a joke. There was a couple of scenes later with um, Kevin and Debbie again, just saying that Abby didn't like the idea of York. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't that. You're getting it wrong. She said, why are you, you, planning, a, why are you planning a holiday I know, I know. on the worst day of my life? Not... York, everybody knows when your son's killer is let off in a, in a trial that's gone wrong. You don't go to York, you go to Scunthorpe, you idiot. <laughs> and then there's this other one with Simon and Asher in the back as well, which also is a bit rubbish and pointless too. Um, uh, nothing against either of them, but but I didn't... They felt very superfluous. They completely superfluous, I agree, yeah. Dev, Dev was good. For, for the Alahan representation, but I don't think that Asher really added anything to this, which is the same. The thing is about great. Asher and Simon is that their they feel their reactions feel quite shallow and predictable in a way. Like, yeah, of course you're going to be upset because your friend's gone to prison, but you know, are you thinking anything beyond your friend's gone to prison? Mm. I don't think so. Whereas there's a lot of complicated emotions in Dev because he's got you know he's the father trying to protect his daughter dragged into this case you know if you think about it actually could Asha have been involved in this could she have been on in the dock she was hanging around with this crowd is he like thinking to himself my god I'm so glad that she you know wasn't involved Corey her boyfriend how did I let this murderer move in with my daughter? There's so many interesting facets to Deb's reaction. Yeah. And you don't have to really go into um, him explaining to us why he's mad about it. But to me, Asher and, I mean, yeah, Asher and Simon, I feel a bit like they need to justify to, to me what it is that they're so mad about. It's probably setting something up for the next I'm few sure weeks. I'm sure it is. It's going to be Simon on the case. Honestly, yeah. I'm just watching this going, okay, well, so... Um, Kelly's been found guilty and Corey's been found not guilty. So now I know that there's going to be some kind of, you know, ad hoc investigation team put together. They're going to Scooby-Doo around until they find a clue or Stefan just tells them, prints it on the front page of Hire magazine. And then they'll go back to the judge and the judge will say, oh dear, we've made the mistake again. I can't believe this <laughs> So many happening. miscarriages of justice. Let Kelly out and put Corey in. Don't bother changing the sheets. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just how it works in Weatherfield. Yeah. Deirdre, How many Gail, times have we Sally. seen somebody go to prison for something they didn't do and then it's just, oh, investigate and find out and mm. let, get, they let, get let out and it's that simple. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, well, well, oh, we had Roy smashing his plate in the cafe later. He's pretty mad at the way that the... Uh, he's, he made it clear that it wasn't the law that was wrong. It was the application of the law. And, um, and Nina's comes oh, down very, and she's a bit um, upset as well. Measured. Can I just ask you where Abby's collar's gone? I've taken her collar off. Oh. We, yeah, we, we, because I didn't want her jingling during the podcast. Don't tell the listeners that. Um, well, uh, Imran goes and finds Abby in Seb's garden and he apologises, uh, but she's not really in the mood to accept it. And then Sabine happens to turn up. I think she said she was looking for Imran or something. So there's the two of them there with Abby. And I know what she was Abby... looking for and it was a good Roger in, not a good Imran in. Mm. <laughs> Abby has a massive go at Sabine for um, for defending that evil Corey. 
And um, and she says, oh, and I bet I you're going to appeal as well, aren't you, Imran? So if then Kelly's going to get off and nobody's going to go down no, for what happened to my dear Seb. She was having a go. I think she was just basically, she's kind of tired of it. And she's saying, you know, you're there for Corey. You're there for for um, Kelly. Who was there for Seb? Nobody. What does he get out of it? Nothing. He's still dead. I haven't got any justice. I want to get off my face on cocaine. And then she says, "If you got any, if you got any cocaine, you you lot always have cocaine." And neither and the of them, wigs. neither of them say no. They both go, "You you can't have any cocaine." <laughs> <laughs> but probably both going, "No, no, this is good stuff. This mm. is expensive. I'm not giving it to you. Too good for you." <laughs> so um, yeah, so, so this is when Sabina asks Imran, "Do you want to go out for a drink?" And I'm like, "No, don't do it, Imran." Um, meanwhile, we have Leanne taking Simon round to Toya and Imran's flat so that he can apologise to uh, Toya, which she does a little very half-assed job of, really, before stropping off and then Toya starts opening is... up to Leanne about Imran. How many times have Peter and Leanne drug that child in front of a family member that he's abused <laughs> and demanded he apologise? So he does so in the most surliest tone imaginable and then waltzes off. I know, I know. He gets away with it every time because they just let him do it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry, bye. He's like he's 18 now as well. Didn't I he know. have his birthday? Simon, get a job. <laughs> um, so they, they, Imran and Sabina in the bistro and um, and she's <gasps> offering him a spare key to her house and she's kind of giving him the glad eye a little bit, isn't she? She's uh, testing the waters a bit and saying, oh, I, I enjoyed seeing you so passionate and, uh, and in court and everything and so driven and, oh, it reminded me of what made me fall in love with you in the first place. She's not like massively desperate but she's kind of just hinting and testing the waters isn't she and seeing um whether he's going to fall for it in his um vulnerable state that he's in well they also bring up why they why they split up didn't they and he she said maybe i should have forgiven you Mm. and there's also a very telling scene because earlier um toya and imran were in the bistro together and she had she had a lemonade and he had a whiskey or something and she forgot to order ice with it because she says, oh, we normally get wine, don't we? I forgot you have ice in your whiskey. And then when Sabine eventually leaves, she asks um, Debbie to bring Imran a whiskey. And she's like, ice, you must remember the ice. He always has ice. Mm. Only I, his ex-wife, know him truly, not like Toya. He doesn't even like vegetable lasagna. <laughs> oh, Imran, don't do it. He, she kind of leaves, she, she leaves buying him a drink and he's there holding the key and kind of weighing up his options. He's going, I've got Mr. Key, but where's my Mrs. Lock? Yes, he does, isn't it? It's symbolic! It's about the locks and keys this week. Um, so Abby, uh, Ke- Kev- uh, Imran goes out and then he finds Abby in the garden again. She's not taking any drugs. Um, and she's like, you were tempted by Sabine, weren't you? I'd say just go for it because people can do bad things and they don't get any justice for it. So who cares? Just you might as well do it. You can get, if you can do a bad thing, get away with it. Uh, meanwhile, Toya's still with Leanne and um, she's, she's worried because Imran's been ignoring her texts. Um, she finds out that he's left his phone in the flat anyway. Um, so when when Leanne rings him and, um, and then Leanne and Toya have a funny little bit about the switching into councillor mode thing and um which diffuses the situation a little bit and they agree to to settle in and crack open a bottle of wine then we have imran saying to abby look don't score let me take you home and at this point i was thinking maybe they're kind of gonna have imran and abby get together and they're, they're gonna oh, uh, completely surpri- everyone's expecting yeah, imran and, and uh, yeah exactly everyone's expecting imran and sabine to get together but they didn't go down that route thank goodness um 
No, they went down Sabine they, and Imran. Is yeah, that, that better? Yeah, actually. Um, she, she, she says, yeah, just do, do whatever. And um, then we have this quick succession of scenes at the end of it. There's a lovely scene with um, Roy sewing up the veil because he'd been helping uh, Nina with her veil earlier in court, didn't he? And he was uh, fixing it after she split it in two and she comes downstairs quietly and joins him. Yeah, they're just both then we word, cut to the... wordlessly industrial... Yes. Industrially, like, getting on with mindless, busy work to yeah. distract themselves from... Yeah the injustice of the universe. Then we cut to the prison, where there's a prison guard looking inside Kelly's cell and seeing something quite disturbing there and raising the alarm. And then we see Imran getting to the, tabi- the taxi with Sabine. And then finally we have Toya receiving a call from the prison that Kelly has attempted suicide. Oh! Dum, dum, dum. And there's a cliffhanger for next week. I thought that was... I did really think that was a very effectively way... a done way to end the episode. Um... Especially when they had the prison guard there, I think seeing inside Kelly's cell, and that kind of got, I got that got me thinking, are they actually going to do it? And like, when they, um, and it doesn't happen very often when Cory completely drops a surprise on you that I'd never even considered that Kelly would end up killing herself, and we we are to believe at the moment that she hasn't because the way that Imran, I'm sorry, that Toya was speaking to Leanne and saying she attempted suicide, clearly she hasn't yet. I think probably she'll be fine. Well, I mean, but I was thinking, have they actually done it? But then I thought, no, they wouldn't because they wouldn't want to get rid of Millie Gibson, would they? They foreshadowed it because Kelly was saying to Imran earlier, "I can't do it, I can't yeah. do it," and I was thinking, oh, you know, it may, it did make me think when I was watching it, I wouldn't be able to do it. But the only way out of it is to kill yourself. So, mm. and then she had a go. She had a go, didn't she? Um, now this was interesting to me because they obviously have written and scripted this in a very sensitive manner to people who could be triggered by this because if you were writing this for the most dramatic um reaction you would wouldn't have told the viewers that Kelly's alive no and that and because I think that it must have been well yeah it would have been kept a secret from everybody but I mean, I'm still trying to keep spoiler free so I didn't know but I assume generally people didn't know that Kelly was going to do that that would have been a real if we had had to wait till Monday to, to find, find out, out whether she was well, dead or not. Well, you would have not. just assumed that she had died. Yeah. I think if, yeah, if they hadn't shown that scene of Toy getting the phone call, you would assume that Kelly is dead. Yeah. And I think that um, a more dramatic way of telling it would have been to, for us not to know. Mm. But they have to be sensitive with these kind of storylines. Um, yeah. And it is at World Suicide Prevention Day today as well. So you can't really have somebody on a high profile soap in a high profile storyline. Mm. having done no. that. No. But, so, the, uh, but the, the thing is, with, with the whole verdict and everything today, al- although last week on the podcast I was saying, well, obviously Corey's going to get sent down and everything, he, he didn't. But, but I think by the time I started watching this episode, I'd kind of come round to the decision that, in my head, that what that he was going to get um, found not guilty and Kelly was going to get sent down. And then in my head, I kind of planned out the the route and then there was going to be, like you said, some investigating and then Corey would get sent down and Kelly would be exonerated. So when they had that cell in the, that scene outside the cell, I was thinking, oh, my, the plan that I thought is obviously going to happen is mm. going to go in, in a completely different, uh, different direction, I mean. And now I'm like, oh, no, it probably is still going to... 
Well, that. the thing is, if it if Kelly, I mean, this is the trouble about these the storyline is that it affects people's mental health, mm. and you don't want anyone to look at it and go, yeah, that's the only way for me as well. Like, I don't, I can't see a way out of my situation. Mm. Um, I wonder what Corey's reaction would have been. I mean, there's still the, the this is still what I'm can have to say. I haven't finished my point. This is the trouble. This is the issue about having a having a soap and having you know, issues-based storylines and having having to be responsible and being careful about what you how you depict things because it would be very easy to make a really dramatic and sad story about Kelly and then and then, you know, they they've got to find justice for Kelly and and Seb and, mm. you know, Corey's got two victims now and, you know, it would have been a very righteous kind of crusade for everybody and it would have been really dramatic i wonder i'd wonder whether Corey would feel guilty or whether he'd think that's you, great you because the funny. only person that knows, knows that i got happened is now dead There'd be so no i'm way. completely yeah. got free yeah but you know the thing is about it is that um we, we learned a lot about uh suicide when um aiden when we had the aiden storyline and it is something that you have to. It, it can be you can be influenced by media, to yeah, and it can it can drive people to mm. to suicide, and it is not the solution to anything. If you've if you've ever heard of that, um, you know the Golden Gate Bridge. There was a documentary about people who jump from there because it is a a spot mm. that people choose to end their lives, and some people survive. And there was a quote that I heard, and it's always stuck with me, and I think it's worth thinking about, that the person who jumped and survived said, once I had jumped, I realised that literally every problem that I had in my life up to this point was solvable, except the problem I just created, mm-hmm. which is jumping. Mm-hmm. So that's what you, you know, and there are lots of places that you can go to if you need help. This is why I'm just kind of sad to think about it. For example, you know, we have um, in the magazine every every time I can, I put in a an advert for Calm, which is the campaign against living miserably, which is a charity that helps suicide uh, people with suicidal thoughts. Yeah, that's who uh, Corey worked with. Yeah, so they're, they're somebody that you can turn to if you're in the UK. And if you're in a different country, there are lots of resources. Hmm. If you are feeling like in any way that you feel relating to to Kelly. This is the thing about it. There are people watching it in different ways. I'm watching it for the drama, but this is a thing that happens to real people and I don't want anybody to watch a programme and come away from it feeling horrible and desperate and like that's the only way out. Mm, mm. Do you you assume that... What what do you think is going to happen with Kelly next then? Are we just going to have some hospital scenes with her and Toya? They'll probably send her to York... But yeah. To, for, to recuperate. Rehabilitation. I don't know because... I think it's going to be very awkward when Imran finds out about it, isn't it? I can just see Monday's episode starting with him in bed with Sabine. Him with his chest out, her with a duvet tucked under her chin. <laughs> under her armpits. Both with their wigs on. <laughs> um, and Gavel on the bedside table. And the SME game, we don't normally allow these, are we? Um, it's contraband. Um Yes, and Sabine gets a message saying, oh, your client. Yeah, because Imran hasn't got his phone with him, has he? So 
But it w- would Sabine be told? I don't know. I don't think there's anything to do with her now, is it? No, He's, but uh, it's not. It's not nothing to do. It's nothing to do with her. But you might. If somebody knew that this had happened. They might go. You know that court case that you were in. Maybe. Maybe. And your your client's co-defendant got we, found guilty. Guess one, what? One thing we didn't say earlier, which um, showed how cold Sabine was, was when she talked about. Oh, I've already been working on my next case this afternoon. Move on. But the thing is, though, would Imran not be doing this with any other case? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all very well him being self-righteous, going, there's a, well, there's a young girl's life on the line here. But, you know, he, he's, he's ducking and diving all the time <laughs> with his clients. Divorces and property deals and all the other stuff that he wouldn't have anything to do with if he was a criminal defence yeah, yeah. lawyer, whatever he is. No, I don't think Sabine's going to find out. I think that... Well, I, how I, do you think it's going to... What do you think is going to happen then? Do you think well, that... It feels like he's going to be... I think he's going to wake up and feel very guilty and he's maybe he'll just be avoiding Toya on purpose and she's desperately going to be trying to, to get hold him. of him. And eventually, maybe like at the end of the episode on Monday, he you know, returns to the street with his tail between his legs and everyone's saying, where the hell have you been? Kelly has been... Um, maybe, maybe Kelly does end up... I don't think this is going to happen. But maybe Kelly hangs on until the end of the episode on Monday and he doesn't get a chance to say goodbye to her or anything because he's been avoiding Toya because of what's happened. That, again, makes... that would be lots of drama, but I don't think they're going to go down that route. The way this is happening makes me think that it's not going to be a, blow, a long, drawn-out um, affair between Sabine and... And Imran, where they sneak around behind Toya's back. No. Because not well, how I see this, ha- yeah. Now I see this is happening. I feel as though once Imran realizes that this has happened to Kelly, he'll sort of snap back to his senses and realize that this was a big mistake, and he's gonna feel sorry and try to hide it. But whether he's gonna, whether then the the tension is, will Toya find out that Imran's a cheating dog? When she clearly will, the question is: yeah, Will she be able will to? She find will out? she be able to forgive him? And uh, the thing I think is that she Toya, probably, I think that yeah, she she'll probably be like, would. I see this all the time in my work. It's classic projection. Mm. Men always shag an ex-wife when they're defending somebody who gets found guilty. I've seen it a million times. Imran, don't blame yourself. Oh, I just hope that he doesn't end up in bed with Sabine. Why can't he just I go home and will. sleep on the sofa? Sleep on her little sofa. I bet she's got a massive swanky apartment. I'd, I'd go around there just to see it. <laughs> imagine. Imagine what her... I bet she's got really nice, like, what, like, canal... Like, where do you think she lives? Where the Where's Phil Keys? Where the Phil Keys? Oak Hill, then. Okay, do you think? Yeah, but... And then he'll go back to his pokey little apartment that he shares with Toya and with her, you know, I mean... Eclectic decoration, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> and then, like... It's so convenient that the front room and the kitchen and the dining room and the office are all one room. <laughs> I don't want to waste my money on a big, expensive apartment that I could definitely afford with my swanky lawyers. I know, fees. I know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, which is good. But you, you're right. There's not going to be a long affair. I think this is going to be the shock to the system that Imran needs to realise he does actually love Toya quite a lot. He just needs but, to blow off some steam, and by steam I mean Sabine. Yeah. Oh, it's where this. <laughs> I just don't like the idea that it's happened now. Well, Even if probably, they get I together, mean, Michael, and, it's and it... quarter to eleven on a Friday night. They're probably still doing it right now. Oh, don't. Ew. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's. Oh, I don't. Know, I don't. I don't want to think about it. But I just wish that they hadn't. <laughs> 
There wouldn't be any Why? drama, Michael. There's not enough Even drama in a murder trial. Even if they get back together, it's always something that they, they can bring up heads. again. I just would have thought yeah. that Imran would be a bit more in control but of his urges than that. Like, they has one argument with Toya, literally, just one. They'd, they'd been all lovey-dovey and, um, and, and huggy and everything up until today. Would he really risk all of that for a role in the hay with his ex-wife? I don't know. I don't know whether he would. I'd like to think that he wouldn't because he is usually the, the force for good and the... The, the, the morally upstanding... Yeah, well, there you go. He goes to show all your heroes, you know, are, are oh. flawed, aren't they? I just want to give a shout-out also to Zora Bishop, who plays Sabine. She's fantastic. I think she's been great. I've really, really, really I mean, if she, t- she rolled up in a taxi and opened the door, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, I just want to see what your apartment's like. You'd go for cocktails with Sabine, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, w- I was quite interested to see as well just how losing this case would affect Imran's confidence because he was already feeling quite low about himself before and a bit useless. And um, I think he should just stick to doing property law. Yeah. It's not stressful at all, is they, it? They need more conveyances in this world so that people don't have to go through what we've had to go through. Well, as far as I can tell, you literally don't worry about anything. Mm. You just It's water for ducks back, mm-hmm. all the stress and urgency. I wonder, whether, um, I wonder what Leanne would tell Toya if it comes out about what Imran's done. Yeah, well, she'd say, leave him. You, he doesn't deserve you. I mean, everyone's been cheated on on the street, haven't they? So he, she could go either way. But I did enjoy that um, there was the nice Battersby sister. Let's open a bottle of wine together. So it looked like they were going to go down the route of uh, Toya throwing her out again or something, which seems to always happen when those two get together. But I like the fight. Well, like the way that Leanne admitted that she was an absolute nightmare last year to. The thing is, oh, though, she said, she said, oh, yeah, when I was losing Ollie, you stood by my side. I don't know anyone who would do that for your sister. I probably wouldn't even do that for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. I <laughs> thought, hang about. It's nice. Yeah, there's complimenting somebody and then there's revealing very dark things about yourself. <laughs> I think you've gone too far. Well, whatever happens, I'm looking forward to there being a lot more of Toya this week because, as was the case last week, she hasn't had a whole lot to do this week, has she? She's just been mostly sitting behind that plate of glass like a... Uh, like a post office mistress during covid <laughs> and um hopefully she will get some uh, meaty material to get her teeth into next week do you think they're like toys um corn material to get her teeth into very next constituted week constituted soya material um i wonder what very constituted soya for toya yeah oh, i wonder whether her victorian victoriana inspired floral dresses in sort of dark and autumnal tones like a visual representation of her like repressed emotions <laughs> and so when Imran cheats on her she's she just gonna like go and get a big slinky red dress and flounce around the street like like either yeah, as a flamenco dancer yeah maybe in a sexy mexi in the uh in the, in the cold in the wardrobe Eva bring me your sexy mexi dress I've got to revenge to make on <laughs> Imran I don't think that there is anybody around that Toya could uh, fall into the arms of is there Adam. Oh no! No, he's <laughs> going. Is he married to Sarah? Or is he going out? I said, they're, they're, they're married, aren't they? They're married. They're, yeah, they're I'm, Adam together. and Sarah are married. He'll seduce her with his vegetarian haggis. Yeah. Oh god. Right. Anyway, that's it. We've reached the end already. Only four episodes, um, and it was a good week, despite some of the um, 
the storyline choices which didn't particularly go the way that I would have wanted them to with I am referring to Imran and Toy and I'm referring to Pat and his ashes but You've it was very really exciting you can't take it personally when a when storyline offends you mm. like you're getting invested it was just here. like I said at you the beginning remind, can I just after, accuse it, you of after something? Fizz and Tyrone I'm after Jenny and Johnny I'm going to accuse you of something here I'm not standing you are <laughs> you're being like a Kate and Rana fan who are getting oh, mad no. you are there, ca- there cannot be no conflict in a relationship because that is boring. If I was being like a Kate Rhino fan, I'd be on the phone to, to Charlie DeMello at the moment. And I know I've got his number on my mm, phone. I've got and his I, number. <laughs> and I'd be saying, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, what are we giving this week? It's a funny one because like, it was a good week. Um, well done, again, Ian McLeod. Can I just give you props? Because Michael's been horrible. Not that he listens to this, but... It's it's bloody hard. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. It was a, it was a captivating hard. pair of episodes. I know that it's had there have been challenges involved in doing the storyline and the like the location filming during COVID. I mean, even the weather. Yeah, the weather. The the fact that the that. inside of the the courtroom was incredibly hot. Like probably like borderline illegal to keep human beings or <laughs> actually probably if you had livestock you wouldn't be allowed to keep them in there. But okay. actors are okay. Yeah. Um, the, the the yeah lots and lots of challenges involved in bringing this show to us and every it was just a, week. very nice to see it in the court nice to have location shooting again um i th- i i don't really ca- i don't really take it personally when you know when characters get split up like this it's part of the show they've invest this is the thing when when they start to invest you in a character's relationship it's when you st- need to start to get suspicious of their of their motivations because the they're just trying to make you feel bad why don't they exist anymore why is it only I'll tell Ed you what, and Aggie uh, Ed and Aggie and Roy and his spatula never parted <laughs> I tell you uh, what though that poor that poor plate Roy living in his spatula pad above the cafe <laughs> <laughs> really good um i am going to give this week's episode if we made t-shirts that would have to go on one um well that's just be a sign to hang on the door couldn't it spatula pad they should have that you know the door that leads up to the toilet spatula pad (laughs) um i'm going to give this um four things to nail Corey with (laughs) <laughs> out of five it was a good week but something's massively disappointed me i'm gonna give this for occasional disgruntled tuts disgruntled disgruntled occasional disgruntled tuts in honor of your previous um typo that you made with that and i think everyone could probably work out what what it was oh yeah i originally had written occasional disgruntled tits when i wrote that <gasps> one down i was gonna I, certainly let people work it out I for can, themselves i, I can say that it's a twice I now that it's a type of bird Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't put the bird seed out and there's a bird. <laughs> Disgruntled tit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Are we just going to um, put explicit on this and not edit it? No, I'm, I'm edit- I've only taken off the beginning bit. Right. Um, character of the week. Ooh, hard one. I can't think. That's what Sabine said. Uh, stop it. I'm still raw about that. <laughs> so not she... flipping in, man. <laughs> <laughs> Imran's not getting carried through. Disgusting. Neither Sabine, the <sighs> temptress, um, although I did enjoy both of them to a point. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Kelly. 
even though she's she basically is the same as a murderer and she really should have been found guilty but she shouldn't have been charged with murder she should have been charged with something else i'm sure there's another crime that she actually committed everyone's committing crimes all the time it's just the police don't have time to catch everybody roy was pretty great this week Roy and Nina. I oh, know this they is They are such a brilliant couple. I find like, it really oh, no, difficult. Cup, at, peck, yeah. Duo. Duo, that's yeah. it, yeah. I find it really difficult because it feels as though every week we're saying the same things about the same, you know, what great performances, how well these characters work together. And you can't heap enough praise on on um, Roy and Nina like that. What a fantastic they double have, act. They have struck gold with that double act. It's like... It's perfect. After Roy and Hayley. Yeah. I mean, David Nilsson is a fab actor anyway. Yeah. And um, Roy's a fantastic character. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wonderful. Abby's another one who's brilliant this week, although um, mysteriously absent for a few scenes. Um, I, don't, I don't know who to go for, honestly, I don't. I thought just thought there were lots of really, really great... Um, Corey, fantastic. What a, he, what a, he didn't have a whole lot to do with He didn't, but week. he... That wink... Oh, I'm sorry, but that's that's a clip show wink, that is, isn't yeah. it, if I've ever seen one. Um, Surely, at this point, I'm, I'm just going to say, um, it was... I was wondering what's going to happen, what's going to be the fate of Corey at the, end of the, at the end when his story comes to completion, because, you know, villains have a limited shelf life. Yeah. And now it is clear to me that surely he's going to die. No, I don't he think so. He hasn't gone to prison... It's either Can, prison it, or death. How does it work? Can, prison, death or scumbag. You can't be is it that you can't be tried again for the same case? I, I need some of our legal uh, legal. Are you talking eagles. about double jeopardy? Yeah. Also that's an amazing I think if you lie, thing. they can go I think you lied, didn't you? I have to mm. do it again. Yeah, no, he's I think I think if if he can, he'll be sent down again. Mm. He'll be languishing. I wanna see him die, I wanna see him fall off something tall. No, they, well that's what happened to Jeff. That's literally what happened to Jeff when we said that he should be shamed, he should be prison imprisoned, he <coughs> should be exiled, but they, they took the easy route and have him pecked to death by um Charlotte Bronte's well, listen, vengeful beak. Um, if Corey is pecked to death as well, I'll say that's tried and been done sister. before. Mm? If Corey gets pecked to death, I will hold my hands up and say that's a bit tried and overdone. Yeah. But no, I... just falling off something, I mean, Hell Scout has been done, Roof's been done, Viaduct, has that been he... done? I, I don't know. Why not push him off the Viaduct? No, he needs to go to prison, but I, I, I think if we saw him, you know, if he, if he got a really grisly end, I'd be secretly enjoying it. Yeah, I want to see him run over by a tram. Have I got a character of the week in the end? If I said no. anyone, I'll go for Kelly as well. I've... Copy me. Partly for uh, Millie's fantastic performance and also because she's feeling a bit sad at the moment so maybe this will get her out of the funk if you know that she's got double character of the week mm, maybe <laughs> right we've got quite a lot of curry news to get on with this week we haven't we have i think we need to um it. i think we need to get onto the cabin so mm-hmm. um let's move hello everyone welcome to the cabin we've got sad news to begin with this is really sad sarah harding um, has passed away this week, sadly, breast cancer. She was diagnosed... It was last summer, I think, yeah. we talked about it on the podcast. Um, she, she was in four episodes of Coronation Street, but she made a massive impression on us. We 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 had a, great, a lot of fun with Joni, didn't we? We did, we did, for a number of years. Sarah Harding, I don't know... Um, she's... I think she's, like, she's very beloved in this country because she was in Girls Aloud. Mm. I don't know how famous Girls Aloud are in different countries. 
No, but they were they were big, but they're massive. Big band. They were they were they were put together by in one of the talent yeah. shows, weren't they? Pop they had idol, some great songs. Pop, suppose pop stars, the rivals. Sarah Harding had a fantastic career as a pop superstar. She had a go at acting. She had a go at Corrie. It didn't really work out. But she's gone down in Legends, which is more than you can Honestly. say for a lot of um, Coronation Street four-episode characters. For the four and episodes that she was in, she made a massive impression. Yeah. And, w- like, we uh, we talked about her a lot, and we, in, we've I've kind of, like, enjoyed her performance for what it was, you know? Mm. And so when, when we found out that she had been diagnosed, it was really upsetting, to be honest. And, um, sadly, she died this week. And it's just been really upsetting. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say, really. It's, it's obviously, it, is, it, was, it was tragic. And I, she and was I, 39. Yeah. She's I, I, really I, young. It's one of these things that you, you didn't see coming, even though it was, we yeah. knew it was going to happen. We, we were just sitting on the sofa the other day, weren't we? Was it Sunday? Well, this is you, the thing. She, she had, the, she died of breast cancer. What your mum, well, what your mum died of. Yeah, so exactly. When, they, when the diagnosis came in, she was being very brave, Sarah Harding, and talking about, you know, how she was going to move forward. But from what we know about what happens, we kind of saw mm. this was... Yeah. The thing is, they're always coming up with new with new ways to fight cancer and different treatments. So there's always, there's always hope, even if you've been given really awful news. But unfortunately, for poor Sarah, there was not enough time. Yeah. Oh god! It's a very sad way to begin the, the cabin. We've got lots um, of other. I don't want to. The thing is, I don't want to. I didn't want to pretend that we had never, like, made fun of the character of Joni and um, we... and kind of rewrite history and be po-faced about it. But by the time we got to, um, you know, last year, I was kind of really loving the character of Joni and and the fact that she was in it for those four episodes. Like, you know, <laughs> um, we might, and she was we um, we. we 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 make fun of Steve Fisher now we've seen him yeah. he's our go-to yeah. and, and Dickie and Audrey Fleming and there are just some characters that are a bit naff she was Robert's wife if you if yes. you never saw her in it she played Robert Preston's ex-wife who came to cause trouble on the street mm. um so you know she's she had a legacy in Corrie she's part of the Corrie family and it's um she's going to be really missed and she was a massive she had a massive impact in her really short life she did more than i'll ever achieve so yeah how many number ones have you got one i haven't even made it to number one on the podcast yet, so. <laughs> i haven't so that's the sad news and um, we've got lots of good yeah. news to talk about though so i don't want, i want to we don't want to we wanted to acknowledge and tribute and pay tribute to yes. her really really special character to the podcast yes yeah, de- exactly <laughs> Um, there is an extra episode of Coronation Street everybody next week we were down one this week but Thursday make sure you're tuning in 8 o'clock I'm going to say but I'm making that up I might be wrong there is an extra one to fill the gap and it's all a bit typical for us because um, we're not even going to have TV this uh, on Thursday next week are we we're going to have our internet switched on on Friday in the new house which I we, we're going to have to like watch Coronation Street streamed over 4G I think I don't know how it's going to work but um, Michael re- the thing is, nobody cares as long as you've paid for your TV licence. I know, I know. Which we have. We have indeed. So we can stream it whenever we want, when whatever we want. 
it's just uh, it's just kind of funny so that in the week that we're us. moving house, we haven't got we got our TV there. We we haven't got any internet. We haven't got any the TV package connected. We can't us. actually watch it. You and can watch it on our, on the, on the iPad. But also on you Monday night next week, we've got a new Coronation Street icons on Norris Cole. So in the, that's going to be in between the two Monday Corries. So we're going to get Corrie and then the Norris Cole icons episode and then another Corrie. I always love those things. Um, sort of tribute to an uh, excellent character. Um, Malcolm Hedden's made it clear that he. Um, it's not returning it's to Coronation Street. Street. We've 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 known that for a while because he had that was uh, he had a heart problems and he had um, uh, recently or in the last few years um, and um, yeah so that'd be a good watch I'm sure so make sure you watch that. Oh, I love. Morris. I don't know we, uh, we I don't know what we're going to be doing on Monday night. I'd like to think that by the time we reach Monday night, we'll all be packed, we'll all be in boxes, and we'll just be sitting there toasting our house and all the uh, fun adventures and podcasts we've recorded and. You do other things here as well. If we're not packed, I've got. I'm gonna put you in a box. But yeah, I, I don't know whether we'll be able to watch this live, but we'll endeavour to watch it before I, next week's podcast. Listen, the word of the week is triage. We cannot be sitting about, fannying around, watching telly if there's stuff to do. I know, so I'm gonna work extra I'm hard very to be in the pack in this weekend. So serious about this, Michael. I know, totally, totally. But anyone else who is not moving house, you've got an extra curry and a Norris Cole program on Monday. So I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, and onto the best news. We've saved the best news till last. I thought this is really important. As we um, alluded to earlier on in the podcast, Coronation Street has done quite well in the old award stakes this week, hasn't it? And it all started off on Monday. Um, was it Monday, I think? Tuesday? I can't remember. With the TV Choice Awards, um, where Coronation Street picked up three um, gongs. So Sally Carmen was voted the best soap actress. David Nielsen got the best soap actor and best soap went to Coronation Street. So really, really pleased with that. And the way that the TV uh, Choice Awards work, I think, is there's like a it's little... It's a magazine. It's a magazine, yeah. But, but they uh, they haven't had a ceremony this year or last year. So they just put like a little 10, 15 minute video maybe of various um, awards it. being um, uh, revealed and, and the, the, the characters, re- the, sorry, the actors recording their thank yous. And um, <laughs> David Nielsen's oh, I Can I give him this. the award for the best acceptance? He's he so did. He was brilliant. And people always say how different David Nilsson is to Roy in real life. And it's crazy because he's he's a very private person. He's not he's obviously not on social media and everything. So I to to see him even dressed up as Roy but acting as David, it feels so weird. <laughs> yeah. But if you haven't seen the clip, you you got to go and watch it. He's there kind of unwrapping his award and going, "Oh, this is very exciting. What's this? Oh, David Nielsen, best actor. That that's me." And then he puts it on the counter in the cafe and he's like, "What does he say? I'm just going to leave it here as as encouragement to other actors when they come in to try harder." <laughs> I laughed so out funny. loud. I wasn't expecting that. That was hilarious. You, like, you that went, Gemma, come and watch come this. Come and listen to this. This is brilliant. I loved it. Sally Carmen gave a lovely acceptance speech as well. I'm so, so chuffed for her because, you know, I make no secret of the fact that I am um, a massive Sally Carmen fan. I think she has done wonders for Coronation Street and I wanted the, her to, them to keep her forever and ever and ever. So I'm so glad that she got this award. She 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 thanked Joe in a speech as well, Joe Dutty and her partner, and uh, it was just lovely and uh, best soap, fantastic, really, really good. But that is not all, Gemma, is it? We had the big ones last night, the National Television Awards. I thought it was the Ant and Deck award ceremony. 20, can you read 20 times Ant and right, Deck have okay, won Best Okay, if you're not presenter. from the UK, 
you you don't know Alan Deck, so you good might for you. do. You quite often Lucky. say, Gemma, if you're not from the UK, you don't know. You, so you well, might, you might not know. I think people I think people overestimate how much other people are interested in their countries. Well, Anton Deck, unlike Des Barnes, I've been told, oh. <laughs> are Geordies. <laughs> Thank you, everybody who wrote into the podcast to say that um, Phil Middlemas is actually from County Durham, which is just a little bit south of Newcastle. But I mean, it's, it's all That's it's all northeast England to me. The Newcastle accent you did was atrocious, but it was spot on. It for... was, it's good for, he's from, he's from Hartlepool in, in County Durham. So um, anyway, Anthony yeah, Anton Deck. Anyway, listen, Anton Deck, them, shut it up, Michael. Can you let me finish? Yes. Anton Deck are a presenting duo that have been in infecting British television. I'm starting to get a, a Philip Schofield line vibes off of them now. Gemma hates Philip Schofield so much and he won another award, didn't he? Um, yeah, so they they present stuff and they've literally won, was it, the Best Presenters Award? Yeah. 20 years in a row. 20 years in a row. It just tells me we need more presenters of we don't, things. No, I don't think we do. I think we need to stop having presenters. They're very beloved. You They're might... not beloved. Everyone's moaning. Listen, Ant and Deck, I know you listen to this as well retire from the category what they need to do is get their agents to say Ant and Deck are withdrawing from they the category really. they have to now like save your dignity you're going to lose next year everyone's over you mm. 20 years is a joke you can't tell me that for 20 years bumping kids off your off your off your front of your car you still get an award you win you win it still yeah. You're joking. <laughs> Anton Deck, you might have seen, if you, if, again, if you're not from the UK, they're the ones that's on in the uh, Love Actually film that Bill Nye's character um, goes to see and he tells uh, them about drugs. Tells them about drugs. How yes. to get free drugs. And but he, Love Actually is not, is not very popular blue. abroad. I love Love Actually. Because we have um, our Prime Minister telling the President to, to knob off. To do one. Uh, anyway. That's not about what we're Corrie talking about. Corey did quite well. The, at the National NTAs Television as well. Awards. I would, how would you rank it? Not as high as BAFTAs, but still pretty high. It's kind of the yeah. It's like the one below BAFTAs. It's like the Golden Globes instead of the Oscars. BAFTAs feels like a bit up itself sometimes, but National Television Awards is just shy away from that. National Television National Television Awards is not afraid to give like the best veneers to the reality TV show yeah. presenters. Yeah. We we weren't watching the ceremony. I mean, uh, we, we don't really enjoy watching um, award ceremonies, this. do we? Apart from the soap boards, which is amazing. But we we were... I was very keen to find out how Corey would fare. And this is the one that I was a little bit worried about because we had both Molly Gallagher and Sally Carmen going up against each other and Danny Dyer and some bloke from Hollyoaks. And, um, but um, the script has seen... Twitter account did reassure us a few weeks ago that whenever Cory, no, whenever any soap has had two characters going head to head, more often than not, one of them will win anyway. So it doesn't. We were worried about nothing all this time. Um, But anyway, Molly Gallagher won. Yay! No, I love Sally Carmen. I love Molly Gallagher. It's a really, really tough decision. But uh, in a way, I'm kind of glad for this result because they both got an award this week. But um. Uh, we we weren't watching it. We were uh, we had our Why friends round. I'm this? just saying we had our friends round last night, and I was saying we but um we we found out that it was um Molly who won. Oh yeah. And um so I I got home a bit before you because we went out, didn't we? And um I I watched the scene and I said, Gemma, you got to come and watch this." But her 
a whole acceptance speech and the moment that she finds out that it's her it was so adorable she she clearly was not expecting to win this this year and uh, she was as she was walking up to the stage you could see how overwhelmed she was and shaking and trying to not cry before she even reaches the stage and she gives this well yeah there's a long speech where she's thanking everybody I know and she does the bit where she says oh if you ever felt different this is for you it was so lovely Um, there's a very famous story that she's been um, quoted on a couple of times they've mentioned it when she came up for her award where she was a seat filler two years ago at the National Television Awards she was the person who would sit in the seat um, if a celebrity has not come back from sneaking a cigarette usually out the front Um, she would be the person who would sit if they weren't back in time um, and now she's gone from that in like two, two years, years to yeah. winning an award, like one it's of the incredible. biggest awards in soap. I'm so so. And she deserves it. She absolutely deserves she's it. Been brilliant. This and it's year. Um, her a testament to her skill, but also you know, um, just, it's fair fair to say that the writing and the storylining and the scripting for her character yeah, they were very much on point. This and last and it's also playing off David Nielsen probably yeah. helps quite a lot. I'm don't I'm don't hurt. honestly don't want to diminish anything that she's achieved, but I also want to point out a lot of the times when we talk about um people winning these awards, you know, they and they come up and they say it themselves and it sounds like a cliche. I want to thank the cast and the crew. But really, it's it's the success of the whole show. Mm. And the fact that Corey went on to also win best serial drama just proves that, doesn't it? Yeah, for the first time since 2014, I didn't realize it was this long. Uh, Rebecca tweeted us that last night, didn't she? It's uh, so I'm doubly pleased for Coronation Street but yeah going back to Molly Gallagher I just think it's amazing that she's only been in Coronation Street what two three years now I've lost feels it feels like she's been in years. it forever I, I, it doesn't to me it still feels like she's a, a very much a newbie so really? the fact that somebody who is so so new not only to Coronation Street but to, te- to television because I think this is her first TV role and yeah. then she's now best actress Serial drama performance brilliant, brilliant. National Television Awards. Well done. Fantastic. And also, Jude, Jude Jordan, uh, he got his Best Newcomer Award, which I'm really, really pleased for him. With. Jude Jordan winning the Best Newcomer Award is a bit, is a bit like um, old, what's her face, he plays Evelyn. Maureen Lippman. Maureen Lippman winning Best Newcomer because Jude, he might look like a little young boy, but he's actually a grizzled veteran of of stage and screen, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's done his brassic. He's, yeah. he's done his secret life of little kiddie year olds and yeah no but and I, <laughs> that was lovely and he was he was lifted up to the microphone by the, I, he, that was uh, that was lovely I hope it doesn't go to his head I don't think it if it's going to it would have happened already mm-hmm. wouldn't it mm-hmm. he's been brilliant I mean we knew from his very first scene last year when I we know. watched him and we were like hang on a minute who's this Sam. adorable cute little character and um, which we don't is, isn't a common reaction to us when a child comes on <laughs> Coronation Street, but both of us instantly <laughs> fell in love with this kid, and um, so I think it was um, wonderful that he got and it. I'm it, really, really pleased. Yeah, this is the thing. Also, um, he, you can't hire him to come and be your kid. To no. looked into this. No. We're like, well, if we, we don't want our own kid, but I definitely wouldn't mind. You know, maybe of an afternoon, Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Can we hire him out to take him to the park? Apparently not. Really rude, I think. So, Gemma, it wouldn't be an awards show um, commentary on the podcast without finding what the people were wearing. And, and then uh, I think this is this the first proper big awards ceremony we've had since COVID for Coronation Street? Because we still haven't had a British Soap Awards, have we? We've missed nope. them for two years. And the fa- I think it might and, be. And the National TV Awards is usually in January. So this year's one was yeah. put back again because of COVID. But um, 
Yes, we 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 kept Gemma's the the triumphant return ooh. of Gemma's fashion commentary. Ooh, fashion, ooh, like what you're wearing. Exactly. I forgot how it goes. Something like that. I thought it's that Sally Carmen's Sally Carmen's dress was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. It was all red and and. Um, Velvet, not velvet. That's not right. Lace. Lacy, that's the word. I'm just I think we should have you through. do uh, fashion, fashion like you're wearing, because I want to see what you think people are wearing. Well, she's just got a long lacy red dress. It's it's similar. I, I remember um, Sally Ann Matthews had something similar to this a, a few years ago. It's very stunning. It stood out. I, I always used to say that on all the award ceremonies, I liked it when the ladies came up in their red dress. Um, mm. It was fantastic. It looked so slinky and elegant and lovely. And um, yeah, she oh, was very good, Michael. Very spectacular. She and had then we lovely ha- hair as well. Yeah, she did have lovely hair, of course. She was dolled up very, very nicely. Then we had um, Harry Visanoni turned I'm up so as well. I was so happy that he was there. That's really nice that he got to come. And I know. Basically, this, this uh, you know, the he was in one of the biggest stories. Like, we, we well, talked... It, it, I would say it's the, the biggest, biggest story of the, of the year. We've talked about what is... Uh, sometimes a bit of a shaky year for Corey. It's been a year of challenges and he is an integral part of the big success of the year. So mm. I'm glad that he got to go to celebrate and I'm also glad that Corey got this award for the hard work that they've done. Yeah, yeah. So he um, he he had a, a grey suit with a little bit, it was a bit buttoned up in this picture. He didn't have a tie on, he was he was cashing it out and um, some nice brown shiny shoes. I think I think he looks very smart and swish, but not not so formal with it with like a dicky bow or, well, or a tie or wanna, anything. I you think don't want to dress up like just about right. I think like, you think you made had it right. You want to look like you if you don't win, like you're not bothered. Mm. Um, and with Jude Jude Jordan did have a bow tie, didn't yes! he? But you you put a kid in a in a in a suit and a bow tie, and he just looks extra cute. Yeah. So um, I I think he got away. Tell with me about that, what absolutely. Ian McLeod's wearing. Ian McLeod, well, he's not on the cast. He's got he's got a. Like khaki trousers and um, grey suit. Khaki, khaki. I think beige. Beige. Um, and, and a and a grey suit, and so it looks like he's got the top half of one suit and the bottom half of another one. I don't know. Cash. <laughs> um, and then we got we got old um Trevor Michael George. I can't see in this picture at all, but that was quite cool to see him there. And um Gareth Pierce was also there as well. And he Who's also. Ga- which one's that? Gareth Pierce is. No, I know. I'm point. Asking you to put him out in the picture. Here he is in the picture. He wasn't in the other picture then. He he was he was hiding in the okay. other picture. He's got he's, a black suit on with a white shirt. He's got a white, white shirt. I thought that was really cool. Tie combo. I think this looks lovely. And very clean shaven he was last night as well, compared to the usual tod- toddly stubble. Um, I don't, there's, there's quite a few of it a looks few like production staff and writers yeah, that there, we don't there weren't recognize. very many Cory cast um, that went there yesterday there's only a small what handful got half to of do. them background uh, 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 crew members that were here what have they got to do that's so important I don't at know. night I don't know who knows um, yeah, but it was very reduced it was almost like the, it, it makes the, um, the original cast of Coronation Street look massive yeah. The amount we've got here. And, Maybe um, they're doing a gritty reboot. <laughs> we also had, of course, um, uh, Molly Gallagher, who had a very lovely uh, and very Nina-ish, kind of purpley, blacky, um, lacy dress. and um, she Sleeveless, long dress. Yeah, 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 exactly. She had her arms on display. And, um, she guns still, out, guns out, is what she, she said. She had, she had her nose piercings in as well, didn't she? So she did look very Nina. Um, I, I thought that it it's was... It's not a, just an act, Michael. It's a lifestyle. I know, I know. I didn't think there was a there was a clangor among them. I thought that they all did very well. No fashion well, faux pas here. No red circles in the next issue of Heat magazine. As you know, we are very cruel about fashion on the show and we like to make fun of people, but we couldn't find anything to criticise. No, so. they look absolutely lovely. Absolutely Sad. lovely. 
Well done, Coronation Street. I just I, such a such a good week to be a Coronation Street fan. The, it was really. Uh, the wasn't episodes it? were great. Great episodes. We got six prizes. awards. Stuff that Danny Dyer. That's the most important thing. Danny Dyer did not get <laughs> the best serial drama performance. That's what I'm most pleased about here. Um, and Antor Deck won again. Yes, very good. Good news. Good news. Um, but uh, then we had the Sarah Harding stuff as well, which is so, so sad, but. At yes, least, it wasn't least, all good. At least we had a lot to smile about as well. Okay. Well, there you go. That was the week in the news. Yeah. Are we going to do feedback? I think I think we will do... Oh, I, I don't really want to do feedback because we've got so much of the house stuff to do. No, I, just re- I think we're not going to do feedback. I'm going to make the executive decision for no feedback except for one. So I'm not even going to do any music. I'm just going to go straight back into it here. If we you, can do the scores. Yeah, we'll do the scores. Do the scores. Uh, 4.26 is what our Facebook group scored last week's epic episode. So very high scoring, including Jonathan's four and a half objections, m'lady. Briante's four cool morning breezes. <laughs> and um, we'll, we'll be able to, be able to find out just how cool Sabine's morning breezes <laughs> on, uh, on Monday's episode. The old on sweet. And um, Judith gave it four and a half judges with VIP boxes at Weathy County, among many other ones that were voted. Thank you, poll. everyone. Thank you, everybody who voting. And, um, I, just, As you know, our Facebook group is a democracy. Yeah, and I, I just want to I just want to read out one bit of feedback because it's very especially important. We did have Charlie Jamello, who was the main um who featured our bonus podcast this week. He also we, we were talking to him the other day and he texted his us his ideas for a Coronation Street video game after the discussion we had recently on it was last week's bonus podcast, I think we were talking about that, wasn't it? And and, and Charlie's ideas blow us all of ours right out of the water. Well, so. he was on the bone he was on the show for the bonus episode where you did an interview with him, but really I think he should just be co presenter. I think he should at this point, definitely. I should just he should just leave you two do it. He's got lots of interesting thoughts about Coronation Street. He's got some great video game ideas. We do talk about Coronation point. Street. We don't just talk about video games when we chat. But his ideas for a Cory video game, everybody, if you're interested in this kind of thing. Number one, FPS. That stands for... First person shooter. I don't know. I wasn't sure whether you'd glare at me for, for putting you on the spot there like you sometimes do. First Michael, person shooter. Michael. What? I am also a gamer. Just because I'm a girl... You're the first person shooter queen, aren't I've you? got a PlayStation 4 and you've got a Switch. So I think Shut I up. know Shut what f- FPS is. And you can play with your Mario girls or whatever they are. What? <laughs> so Charlie's FPS idea is a high score run based game. You play as Richard Hillman. You have to slay the street in as quick and as interesting way as possible. Alternatively, a similar sort of thing, but with a new Hitman engine playing as Pat Phelan. Don't even need to redesign the character at all that much. Well, how about like the Richard Hillman game? Is there a game where you get points for like being really brutal? What's is that bet like Bayonetta? Oh, probably. I don't know. Like stylish sleigh. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or um, there's one. Do you remember that black and white one on the Wii called Mad World? It was by yeah. Sega. That could be a Pat feeling game, couldn't yeah. it? Um, number two, his suggestion was a reskin of Overcooked, but set in the Rovers or the Bistro. Fantastic. So that's the one where you're chopping up yeah. hamburgers and you have to co-op, co-op, co-op yeah, right. and, and and yeah, it's a co-op game, isn't it? Where you've got to make the orders and pass them out to the. Uh, the customers and see and how much so you can do in, in a time limit like uh kirk will just run through the kitchen and mess everything up yeah and go oh i didn't realize you were making food in the kitchen number three coronation street fighter obviously which we did talk about in the episode uh number four travelers tales are probably running out of ips at the moment um 
so why not Lego Coronation Street? I love this idea. Was it Traveller's Tales that made Lego Coronation Street? I can't even remember. But the Lego games, I've only ever played the Harry Potter ones. And the, the whole draw with the Lego games, as far as I can tell, is there's just a whole slew of characters like that, that you can unlock Lego versions of. And it's like playing through the story... Right. And and you like you play one bit as one character then you can and you can freely switch to other characters and you're building various Lego things. Like in the Harry Potter one you wave your wand and little Lego constructions appear in front of your eyes. And and this you could be building various bits and doing curry adventures and Charlie suggests here recreate major episodes and storylines split it. across each decade. First level is set in the nineteenth century or whenever and you've got a bunch of little Lego workmen building the street. Oh, that's awesome. Charlie, um Coronation Street was built in nineteen oh two so that's actually early 20th century. I never remember which one's which with the centuries. Terrible. Uh, no, but I, why is it one's 19 and the other one's 20 and it's both the same thing? People just being pretentious with maths, that's what I call it. <laughs> I would absolutely love a Coronation Street Lego game. They would never make one, but no, I think that wouldn't. would be brilliant because there's been these hundreds of characters in the past. Imagine Lego versions. I, I'd love it. Generally, it's amazing. If if, if I, I'm not really into Lego, I, I was never a Lego boy when I was growing up. But if they released like Coronation Street Lego, yeah. I think I would have to heavily invest in that. Yeah, we'd have to get it. Yeah. Um, and I'm just imagining my my major. You, you did you play the Lego game, the Harry Potter game? Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to remember whether you actually played it yeah. all the way through. Yeah. So we had that game. Um, but my major, uh, what's the word? Uh, experience of the Lego things is Lego Batman movie. Oh yeah! yeah, yeah. Imagine the Lego Batman, <gasps> Lego, Lego Batman Coronation, Coronation Street. Street. I didn't need to have Batman in no, it. No, but I'm like, like all right, Lego Bat, Lego Coronation Street in the style of Lego Batman the movie, oh. with like it just a completely tongue in cheek. If you haven't seen Lego Batman and you don't you don't like Lego and you're like that's stupid, I don't understand Lego it. Batman was watch it. Brilliant. It was the most hilarious tongue in cheek send up of Batman. One of the funniest films it, I've ever it, seen. Honestly, Lego it's really really funny. It's hilarious. So yeah, Lego Coronation Street. Yeah. Yes, please. The movie and the game. Uh, finally, um, Charlie's suggestion was a Walking Dead style adventure game following the adventures of Dirk. Every conversation response he gets is he gets is one say nothing, two say nothing, three say nothing, and four say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Uh, he said he could have gone on because this is his jam, but um, he started talking about <laughs> something else. I think <laughs> I did want to include that in here. I thought this I thought was people great. Might appreciate it. I, I love all these did. ideas. I, yeah, this is like. Um, a treasure trove of ideas that we should have said. We could have been pretending this we thought of this. Let's re record this intro we, and we uh, say it was us that we thought some extra ones. Anyway, as I said, sorry, it is too late. We're too busy. We've got other feedback. We right, have listen, to put it to next week. Listen, we're, next week we'll have a special um, trial reaction feedback episode. So get your feedback in about what you thought about the trial because I think sometimes people think, oh, I've missed the episode where they talked about it, so I can't send them my feedback. Send in your feedback, everybody. We'll read the trial feedback for next week. Yeah. Tell us what you thought. From our new house. Did you think that it, that, um, who did you think was going to get, what do you think the verdict was going to be? What were the reactions? What do you think about those final few scenes coming yeah. at the end of the episode? Oh. Yeah. We, we've been very vague, I just realised, about when we're moving house. Are we, can we, no, can we, we don't need to talk about day? it. No. Once we're no, in. Because you're jinxing everything. Once we're in, we will tweet that we are in our I house. I feel like I'm going to, I'm cursed now. But You've cursed me. Soon. <laughs> if you want to send your feedback in for next week, um, conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find our website, but you can't put feedback on there. Yes, you can. You can write we won't, comments We won't there. find it. Yes, you can. Conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can review us on iTunes. 
Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube and Patreon. Thank you everybody for listening. We hope it wasn't too crazy this week and we'll see you next week. Yeah, we have got we have got um, a bonus podcast next week. It is still planned. Look out for it. Hopefully that's going to be able to happen. So um, yeah, that is going to happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. But um, And then the big one in our house. Anyway, sorry for... Gemma had a perfect ending there and I've kind of made it go flat. Gemma, do you want to try that again? See you next week. Music with this episode came from podcastteams.com. Oh, 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 oh,